93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest has a, a lot of fans in Philly and a lot of fans in this room right here. And he's going to be playing Punchline one night only. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> yeah, y'all up early, man. Yeah. yeah. Bless y'all hearts. Each and every one each and every one of y'all individual barbecue eating hearts. <laughs> we eat it early. Yeah. We eat the barbecue early in the morning. I, I know. I was like, oof. Ugh, I don't know if my stomach could do it. Take one bite and you'll be on board. Yeah. And oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lying night chat, but I'm taking something to go. <laughs> it's Good a call. weird thing because we get so I'm up at three forty five and like, you know <laughs> for on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> yeah, you kinda but, but and we all got up early, and so yeah. people come in and see us eating stuff like that. But it's your your whole day gets screwed up because it's like our lunch is occurring hours before most people's. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it just it just wipes you out. But you're no stranger, obviously on SNL. Yeah, that's known as one of the most rigorous schedules for uh, you know putting a show together, for writing, and all that stuff. But you, if you take your story back, you're from Chicago, Chicago, right? Yeah, so I was born in St. Louis. I know I got to say that. Okay, I mean? and I was there for seven years, and I moved to Chicago. But my family's from Mississippi, so they made sure that we were kind of raised out there too. So I've been Preston's I'm, from St. Louis. Yep. About, yeah, I heard yep. you were from St. Louis. Yeah, where, yeah. where at Chesterfield, not in West County? Yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, in the city proper, and then we went to uh, St. Charles. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, from St. Charles, we went to the west side of Chicago, right. then the west suburbs, and then I went to the the city. In the I, city. I would yeah. be in that close in St. Louis going, we would go to Chicago from time to time. I love that town, man. Yeah. Love that town. I love I love Chicago with all my heart. Um, I, I have a special appreciation for St. Louis. Uh, I went to uh, I went to church with Ozzy Smith for a, a long time. Is that time. right? And yeah. he, he, he was my favorite baseball player because yep. he flipped, which is not <laughs> yeah. the right reason. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? For a kid. For a kid. For a kid. Yeah, so, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, yo, he's a baseball player and a ninja? That's <laughs> Why would I not love that? Uh, yeah, it could have been, like... been the greatest shortstop yeah. of all time as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. It's like, but I never leave with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But you're right. You do remember those one that I remember for years and years and years there was a guy Ron Swamboda on the Mets years ago who made a diving catch didn't do much else yeah. I was like the dude dove yeah and it was it's like, like, it's like it. he could fly it builds and then he lands it builds the legend yeah I, I caught an Ozzy Smith foul ball the only time I ever caught a foul what? ball uh, yeah it was Easter Sunday like maybe 1990 something like that he just wow. it, it was screaming down the left uh, like third baseline and it, and I I mean I. I I didn't actually catch it, but I knocked it down with my hands Wait, and then I picked it up. This story is breaking yes. down the more you talk, man. He's Wait. like, I caught it. Wait, well, I didn't catch it, but I looked at it. But I didn't see it. I wasn't there. <laughs> it was on TV. Okay, we were listening to the radio. Right, it was, it was a radio, not my radio. I was I was hanging at somebody's house. <laughs> they told me about it. So, <laughs> you go to Chicago, and but music is your first love, right? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to be a gang. Thanks to all that, and none of it worked out the way I thought it was going to. But it, it, it circled back when I was able to do music comedy, which is like a beautiful thing. And it's it's very cool because so. But you you found out you're making people laugh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you used to get free food at McDonald's for making people laugh at McDonald's. Yeah. So okay. So, so the story is people that are just sitting here randomly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I so I, I was in between jobs because where I was living at, I had worked I had worked like 50 jobs. Like yeah. At that point, maybe 35. <laughs> And, and a lot in that area, so I couldn't get hired anywhere. So I, I would just do what people that are unemployed do. They go to the gym, and then uh, and I would visit my friends at work. 
And, uh, and some of my friends worked at McDonald's, so I would go up there and I would crack jokes for like maybe half hour, an hour sometimes, and they would just like give me free food every day. So I didn't know if I was hilarious or they just thought I was so homeless. <laughs> Either way, it worked. It worked. You know but what I'm you know, it's, it surprised me because obviously, so you're coming out on the music side and you hear a lot of people. I think there's a lot that, you know, the old joke is that musicians want to be comedians and comedians want to do music and yeah. it goes back and forth. But the first time I started to see you, I'm like, this guy's got it. Because you were you were just, I, I was drawn to you, you know, whatever you were in. And, and we're big fans of Pop Star, Never Stop, uh, Never Stopping. Bless you. Yeah, bless and, and uh, Hunter the Hungry is just such a... <laughs> Such a great character, and you're 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 just so kinetic, and 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 in that I think, but but you yourself were not sure of your chops at that point, or did did you when when did you make that fork in the road? When did you go the comedy way completely uh, and just say okay, forget music for now? Well, because I had put everything into music, like I had, this is it's kind of the only thing I had had chased up until this point it was like twenty. I was twenty three, right then, and uh, and I had used my whole check yet again for another <laughs> studio session, and and I was like I had like. $25 to my name. Because it's expensive. A gang of songs. And I was like, am I going to just keep doing this? Yeah. Like, is this... Because I had tried so much. I mean, I tried hard. Like, uh, I unrelentingly hard. I, I don't think I said that word right, but... Uh, <laughs> you, you said it right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, man, I just I think I should just take a break and figure out if there's another route for me, which was the first time I had to be real be real with myself to take a step back. So uh, I was depressed for a long time about that. And then like a like a half a year, a year later, I um I was I saw a commercial for Second City and, and I was like, Oh, maybe I maybe I could do this, you know. And uh and my The parents, legendary Second City. Yeah. So they're just running like like open casting or what? No, there's there's a beginner classes where you can pay oh. a lot of money to walk around a room with other adults uh, <laughs> and play pretend. Yeah, it's like you're a tree now. All right, businessman. Like a guy in a full suit. Yeah. Just being a tree, you know? <laughs> uh, and it was, I was like, well, maybe that. And I know my parents did not like me rapping. They had to really warm up to that. And then when I was, I went back to the, when I went to visit them, I was like, yo, I think I'm going to uh, get into comedy. And my dad was like, oh, Second City. Yeah, that's cool. And my mom was like, another dream? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just go to school. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it worked out. Kudos to yeah. you, though, for, for, for biting the bullet and going and going, figuring, okay, I need to put in my time and going yeah. to do the classes. A lot of people yeah. wouldn't do that. But you started doing stand-up as well. I did that. Yeah, that same time I was I was out. I had already been hosting some stuff. Yeah, and and uh, and so I knew I had jokes, but I wasn't really studying the art of of stand up comedy in the right way. So when I started doing um improv and sketch, I was like, oh, let me really let me really dive in and try to find what my voice is. Well, there's there seems to be there's there's sketch people and there's stand up people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and there's some like two that gangs can, that are can nerds. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But some people can marry it, and make it make it work. Like SNL can. Yeah, I yeah. mean, well, to an example, like Brewer. Brewer is a stand up dude. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. he, he worked hard in the clubs and all that. And mm -hmm. you know, we've had him on the show many times. He's like, I went and tried this thing at Saturday Night Live. I just basically did my stand up routine. Yeah. And he found a way to get into sketch comedy, but it still wasn't really his thing you know what i mean well I, there are people that i loved co coming up that could do it really well like you know like eddie uh yeah you know and and Chappelle. so it's, it's like those i, I wanted to always be a, a stand-up that could act you know because i love acting if i didn't i wish i didn't love acting as much as i do because mm. it would be way easy just to be a stand-up and uh not balance especially in chicago because it's so 
we're so uh, we're so split in a lot of ways. But in, in the comedy scene, when I was coming up, yeah, you you either picked one or the other. You would, would they up. look down at you, or would would you yeah. catch some guff? So if you were the improv guy coming into a stand up room, yeah. they'd be like, well, they, "Who's this?" They dude? thought you're selfish, okay? Like, because they're like, "You you could just, you you, you just want to be up there by yourself." <laughs> improv is a team sport, <laughs> and then you would go to open mics, and they're like, "What are you doing that nerd improv for?" <laughs> yeah, be a stand up. And then as soon as it started working, they were like. Oh, so what class did you take? You know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, let me ask you, what are you then? I'm um, I'm a comedian. Okay, you're not a musician. Uh, I and a, and a musician. I, I think I, all I, of it all of it is a tool belt. You know, yeah. what I'm, saying? I'm, I'm Batman, and <laughs> all of it is a tool belt. So improv and sketch, I use it all to like. One's going to help the other. Yeah. And so when, when you know, we're talking to you, I, I can't help but think of Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Yes. And, and I don't know if Childish Gambino would have ever been able to take off had it not been for Parks and Rec, right? Right. Uh, so, you, you know. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, community. Or, or, or Community. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, wrong show. Same network. Same network. Um, but, uh, you know, one begot the other. And so what did he want to start out as? Was he a musician first or was he an actor? And now he does stand-up, too. Yeah. 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 Well, he... I, I, I don't, is he is he is he doing stand up anymore? No, uh, no, I don't think he's so. done. He's he did a special. He, he, he did so a special. Really though. I I remember seeing a special. Uh, I think he was he was rapping he was rapping before uh, too. Right. I don't really know when he started. Uh, I should call him. I don't know when he started, but I I know that he his music's always been dope. And, right. and, and like him like, like like separating that with his own. I, like with the childish Gambino situation, but like one was able to feed the other, and, yeah. and so are, are you getting to a point in your in your career where you feel like uh, maybe the music career might be able to take off as yeah. a result of what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, I love doing music comedy, and so uh, and you won an Emmy for it. I did for the, which was crazy because I never blow your mind. Yeah, it did, I'm still wrapping my head around it now. Like uh, for people I, don't know, explain what you, it was a song you did on SNL. Yeah, yeah, it was a song we, we did on SNL. Uh, Come back with rock, and I wrote it with my uh, writing partner uh, Will Steven, and we won an Emmy for it. And I we didn't go in like we're writing an Emmy song today. Like <laughs> I think that's an insane thought to have. <laughs> uh, but when it happened, it was like, oh, this is crazy. It's kind of like set some new goals of like how like where where this could take you you know if if you write some good jokes and the timing is cool yeah uh, so I, I I just I always knew I wanted to do music I always knew I wanted to do comedy music yeah. uh, I didn't know I wanted to do it that much but that's why I, I, I half the reason why I went out for SNL because I wanted to be challenged in that way wow uh, and I wanted to see if, if I could if I could like even follow in the footsteps of, of, of the big bros like the Lonely Island and, and Weird Owls and all the people who came before me that I really loved. Well it's working. Well th- <laughs> thank you, man. Say yeah. a long way to just just get started, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about uh, Kanye because uh, he's yeah. such an, uh, a complex person. I, I don't really know if I like him or not. I don't know if that uh, even matters. I think that's the point. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm just trying okay. to. Okay. <laughs> he I threw me off. The, was, what if I just walked off? Just right there. Yeah, dog. Yeah. But he's got to be. Right? And that would make Kanye sense. That would work. Yeah, if you just disappeared work. into a Kanye cloud, <laughs> that would make sense. I think that I like your impression of Kanye more than I like Kanye himself because I, I end up laughing at yours and, and it, I just find it to be hilarious. Do you. Do you like Kanye? Does I, that matter? I love Kanye. Uh, I, I, you know, from Chicago, grew up on Kanye. When he made it, it was such a big deal for people in music, and it was just, and you know, he was like the underdog who who made it. Like no one believed in the kid, and then like all of a sudden, it was like a like he was the biggest thing in the city. Uh, I also met him when I was a child. Uh, and I handed him a mixtape when he was just getting popular, and he was like, "Nah." <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, and so I learned real early that I might not like him as a person. Uh, oh, okay. But I, but I, like, I loved his music. You know what I mean? You know, he just did a thing, and I was reading about it. Letterman has a new series, an interview series yeah. On, yeah. on Netflix. I love so that So he series. sat down with it. I sat down with Kanye, and some of the the, the uh, quotes I was reading, it's kind of interesting because he goes into the bipolar stuff. Mm-hmm. And he explains, he starts to explain, and, I, and in a way I'm like, oh, this. so this is what he's battling with. And, and he, he says, you know, when he goes, has a bipolar situation that everyone runs in and tries to help and does exactly the wrong thing. And sure. like like makes it, you know, so he it, it's, in a way you can say, okay, I, I maybe I understand him a little bit more because... I, I have to say, there, uh, you know, uh, the more I hear of some of his stuff, he does seem to be, a bit, uh, and I'm not, you know, he's, not he's a musical genius. He's a bit of a, he's an innovator, yeah, you know. But I, but I have a love for him, and I think that's why I love the impression so much, is because I don't. <laughs> there are things I won't make fun of him for, right? Right. right. You know what I mean, and like and, what? Uh, I mean, just by. Like, I won't harp on the mental issues of it because it's like you know, I'm, I, I'm depressed. I be, I'm not depressed all the time. I'm yeah. not gonna like make. I'm not gonna make fun of that specifically. You know what I mean? I, I would I would much rather you can still make bad decisions no matter what you're going through. And uh you can say things the wrong way. And I I'm a fan, so I feel like when he's making me mad for <laughs> for decisions he's making or like he's doing something wild, I can speak on that without without it coming from a hateful place. And I think that's the important thing. Right. Yeah. I, I always get that, yeah. I I feel like though the Kanye the the human being is always just trying to drop knowledge and mm-hmm. he's never mm-hmm. just he's never just talking to somebody. He's always trying there's to there's a like, reason teach you something. Yeah. And like sometimes I don't feel like learning. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's a, he, he's that's the thing of that's the important thing is like he's always really in the right in his mind he's in the right and he has a purpose and a point. And a lot of times he does it w- here. And then when it comes out, you're like, what? Well, you know what I'm saying? You're exactly right, because he'll, he'll sit down with somebody where, and he'll get metaphysical, and he'll be, he's being interviewed by like Jerry Springer. He's like, yeah. maybe this, maybe just, maybe yeah. a little bit lighter for this interview. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're, like, you're like, so that's why a caterpillar rides on a cloud. I'm like, well, okay, I do believe the world should be one. <laughs> but that other stuff is crazy. What, where did caterpillar come from? You don't hear me, fam? You know? I wanted to ask you about uh, the. We we're talking about pop star, and it's yeah. again, it's such a great movie. And I, and I was saying off air that it's it's going to reach that. It's already, I think, well on its way to being one of those iconic cult movies that people need to go back and rediscover. Awesome. Uh, you know, and and uh, your character in it is is so good. Working with the Lonely Island guys and with Andy Samberg and and uh, Tim Meadows, what was that experience like? It was amazing, man. It was like my, it was, it was, it was my first movie. I'm stumbling because I still get like so excited about that movie. Was it hard uh, not to fanboy out when you're around? Because they were, uh, by the way, there was you know, Pink and Mariah Carey and all these other people were in the oh, movie as well. All of those people I had different interactions with. Yeah. So, um, like, like the Lonely Island was very nervous to me, Andy and them, and then they came in, started talking basketball, and I was like, oh, they regular dudes. This is cool, <laughs> and they are. They're very chill. Uh, meeting uh, Tim Tim Meadows was dope. Like yeah. he's just like a big bro, like more like an uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like a cool <laughs> uncle though. You know? And uh, and I love I love Tim. I see him I see him pretty much all the time when I'm like in Chicago or anytime we're in the same city. Yeah, we kind of link up and and he was and he helped me out a lot. And I was just on set. They let me come hang when I'm not even shooting just to kind of because I was just I was soaking everything up, man. And it was like. I mean, I I just wanted to come there and do the best that I could because I was the least known person. 
with 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 lines. So I, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna make sure that I just like kill it every day. You did. I, I bring this improv to it. When I met Mariah Carey, I was a little, I was geeking. I smelled her before I, I saw her. Ooh, what'd what you smell, smell like? Oh man, like if cotton candy <laughs> had perfume of angels. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if cotton candy had perfume of angels. Yeah, like wow. if cotton candy got up and was like. Shh, shh, <laughs> like you already cotton candy, you don't need none. I saw her. Um, I, I'm actually a huge Mariah Carey fan, and yeah. I saw her in Philly a couple of months ago. It was I was blown away with how great the concert was. And by the way, it was loud. Yeah. I mean, I started getting a headache by the end of the show because yeah. I was like, okay, I've been to rock shows that aren't this loud. It was yeah. awesome. Oh man, was yeah. she cool she, to you? She's oh, she's amazing. Yeah, and she's like yeah, she's and she's from New York, so we just yeah. you know, and I, I love New York. This was before I lived there, but I always wanted to live there, and so we started talking about New York and Chicago, and she was just like a cool, down to earth person, and that made her even doper to me. Yeah, uh, the person who rocked who rocked me. Uh, I, I I'm not like a huge like fan person. Right, I mean? right. So I. At least not in theory. So I, I never met people. So <laughs> Theoretically, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I never, so, so when I met him, that's when I realized how much of a fan I was. And one one day on set, Angelina Jolie came. Wow. Um, unannounced. And uh, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, it's like a flash of all these things I've ever seen her in. I'm like, yeah. I'm a fan of this person. <laughs> and I was going through set, talking to everybody. And she showed up and I clammed up. I, I couldn't think. And and then she did you meet her face to face? Man, they sent her over to me because they know, they saw me freaking out in the uh, corner. I was just sitting in the corner, just like, oh man, Angelina Jolie is here. And like the loudest person on set became the quietest person on set. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, Angelina Jolie is here. So she came up, dressed real normal, but her kids. Uh, and and she came up and she was like, hey. Um, you know where I can get some water? There was tons of people that uh, their job was to do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I knew I was being pranked, but I couldn't. She was just out. You know, she's her. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I, I don't even know what water is. <laughs> <laughs> and, so she, and I'm like, man, she thinks I have a real issue in my head. Oh, <laughs> so face to face, though, she pretty pretty stunning. Oh man, yeah. And yeah. she was she was like casually dressed, like she, yeah. And that's what made it cooler to me that she was just like. Just a cool, just a, just, ah, she's perfect. There's something, though, <laughs> and, and, that it does where there is a thing that, that makes somebody, we met Kate Beckinsale mm. on the, on the set of, uh, it was, was after cool. Pearl Harbor for the press yeah. junket at Pearl Harbor. And Preston, when she came over, we, we were, um, <laughs> didn't know how to talk. Well, yeah. she's absolutely gorgeous. Yep. On top of that. She's very funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's so funny. Well, that's cool. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. There was a bit of an SNL connection uh, there as well. Oh, I wouldn't even reference yeah. that. I'm just saying she's a funny person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so with with the show with the with pop star, there's a sequence that just is hilarious where you're you and Connor for real are going back and forth, <laughs> and you are he you're you he was set up on stage yeah. and. Is it, did you improv that in the moment? You're 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 admitting to doing it, and then you're denying doing it back and forth for about a minute and a half. So that was one of the scenes that w- that was already done for the audition. Okay, and one of the scenes I think that's probably the scene that got me the, the job. It's freaking hilarious. Um, but it's the funny, still hands down one of the funniest things I've done, and uh, just that like from writing it to just finding the game and yeah. just extending it. But I had so many. I, we did that for a long time. It was all of our favorite scenes to do. And uh, we, we. I mean, man, if you saw the outtakes, there's, like, so many versions of, of that. Because I, I had, like, five different ways I wanted to do it. And we played each and every one of them those ways that day. But I was looking forward to that day, man, for, for a long time. We just it had so it worked well. It. 
I, I wanted to ask you for the SNL uh, audition, um, which is always a, like a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. Did you go up and just do stand up? Did you do characters? What did you do? Uh, when I was touring, um, well, I'm still touring. I don't know yeah. When I was, uh, but like at that time, I was touring and I was doing a bunch of, ca- I was doing a bunch of characters in my in my show because I do that, I do that anyway. Right. And uh, and I and I had a lot of stand up bits in there, so I was like, yo, I'll go. I just basically truncated what I do in my show, made it more character heavy, but like made sure that I had stand up bits in there that would set stuff up. Were you really sweating well. bullets? No, nah, because it was my second time, and my first my first year was so hectic. Uh, cause like, uh, somebody said I got the show and I didn't get the show. And so, oh yeah. So I had, had to deal with this whole thing for like a year in Chicago. And so I was kind of like over it. And then they were like, yo, I'm going to come back in. And I was like, and they, people had just stopped talking about, uh, me not getting this show. And then I was like, I kind of didn't want to do it. But then I, I knew I, in my heart I wanted to. So, sure. So when I came back in, I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder a little bit. <laughs> that like, helps. I don't care how this goes. I'm I'm, I'm me. <laughs> but that that helped, though. It helped yeah. me not be so yeah. nervous about it. Yeah. And uh, and, I, and I, I had just worked so hard over that year that I just felt good, had a couple drinks. When it, I would not suggest that if that's not your thing. Uh, I wasn't a work, I wasn't a place. <laughs> uh, I don't want to, you know any kids walking. Oh, that's all I need to do. <laughs> get hammered. You know, get real hammered and go in there and audition. Like, don't please don't do that. Uh, but I but I went in there and I you know and I just did all of my characters that I, that I um that that really I really wanted to do and. And it just worked out. Excellent. All right, so you're in town um, basically for Roots Picnic, right? So yes. you can expect, uh, uh, we're doing some stand-up comedy. I know uh, Black Thought's going to do some stand-up, too. No kidding. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to be talk- I'm gonna be telling the stories, man. I'm going to be telling the jokes. I- I'm a joke teller, you know what I mean? Uh, you may see some kind, you may not. Please don't <laughs> yell out impressions because oh, I'm man. not an impressionist. I love doing the impressions, but I'm not a guy who's like, all right, for the next impression. Right. I also don't know why I became a 1960s auctioneer. <laughs> Oh, my next impression. Step right up. Ask for that impression tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will do that all day. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, feast your eyes on barbecue. <laughs> no, Chris, it is, it's annoying when people ask for impressions. But, Chris, I did want to ask you one more uh, SNL-related yeah. question. Um, I, I saw an interview recently with Dana Carvey who said that Lorne Michaels barely sleeps. And he goes out until, like, 6 or 7 Yo, in the morning. Is that true? Lorne can kick it. Still. Yes, she's a G, man. Wow. <laughs> He's a G. He, I, I'll, I'll be looking around, people like going home, and Lauren's sitting right there, just like chilling. It's like four in the morning. Like, Lauren, you ever get tired? Like, no. <laughs> he's a G, man. He's awesome. But he's sort of still the ringleader on all of this, right? Yeah, like, man. He, I, I, that was the most impressive thing uh, that was was watching when when we do like a dress rehearsal right before the show, and, and and we have to do notes, and he goes through the whole show and does barely looks at his sheet, and like can tell you. Like what you need to change in each sketch throughout, throughout like a, a two hour show. It's wow. insane. Yeah, and it's I mean he just he has a super passion for this, and I you know I don't know how I would run run without him. Man, he's dope. It's a talent, yeah. man. Definitely. And he did not pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're glad you're in town, man. Thanks for making time to come by here. We appreciate it. Oh man, it. thank you guys for having me yeah. before the popular guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're the popular guy. Anytime. Anytime. Chris Red guys hey. is here for him. Yeah, yeah. Fun thank fun. y'all. You got it, man. Take care. Like what you hear? 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We had a great time in uh, Florida over the weekend. Obviously, we broadcast live from uh, Spectrum Field, and uh, but some other things occurred besides all the uh, the baseball after uh, the game uh, went our separate ways. Some of us had, you know, I have family in town, so I went and spent time with them. Casey had some family things that were going on in another part of the state, and and so anyhow, we we kind of split up. But Casey told me his interesting little story. Because uh, you went off to Disney, right? I did. I did. Yeah. So um, my nephew was playing baseball in Disney, so I wanted to go and check him out. And uh, yeah, long story short on that one, I totally missed the game because I got into the line for the Avatar ride, which took three hours. And, <laughs> oh you uh, missed the you game missed for the, game? the whole reason <laughs> to go there. The whole reason you we missed went there. the game. By the way, he, he went uh, uh, two for two. He had with a monster game. Monster game with, yeah. with two doubles. One of the doubles off the wall. Stole third, stole home. Had a you know, run scored and an <laughs> stole RBI. Stole Yeah. So. So I missed that to wait in line at the Avatar. To go game. on a ride that you've already been on. It's a great ride, Steve. <laughs> Was it worth it? Um, well, I had a screaming headache like all day. I woke up at eight thirty with this headache, um, and you know I took some Advil right up, right away. Thanks, Uncle Case. Listen, <laughs> listen to this. So I take the Advil right away because it was like a dehydration headache. You know what yeah. I mean? I could I, I could just feel it. And it wasn't working. So I'm slamming water, slamming power. It doesn't work. I get back to the car at the uh, after we get done in Animal Kingdom. I'm like, I got to take more Advil. So I go to take more Advil. And it's at that point that I realized that the first time I didn't actually take Advil. I took Zantac, which is uh, acid control. I took, and I was like, oh, my God, can you? Overdose on, on Zantac? Zantac? You, you took, took four? I took, I took three of them, and you're only supposed to take one of those things. And they last for like... A long time. Like the whole day, they're supposed yeah. to last. But, but he thought he was taking three ibuprofen. Yeah. And, and Steve, I'm telling you, I couldn't, like, when we're walking in Animal Kingdom after the ride, it was a little warm. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this all day, man. I just, you know, I, I, I've drank as much as I could possibly drink at this point. I just don't know if I can, if I can do this all day. Because, you know, I had the rest of the day to go to, you know... Hollywood Studios and all that stuff. And you didn't want to miss the game. <laughs> and I had already missed the game. <sighs> did your head? Hold on, let me just ask. Did your headache get worse throughout the day? Yep. Okay, because I'm just looking at the side effects, uh, and severe headache is one of them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Headache, sometimes severe. <sighs> mm-hmm. So you took three. I took three of them. In an, in an effort to fight a headache. Yeah. Uh-huh. I fed it. With a, he fed it. I fed it. I uh-huh. fed the headache. You should have just slammed your head in your car door. And it's weird. Here, let me show you how I made this mistake. Talk amongst yourselves while I get okay, these right. Okay. And then I'll, I'll add on to this yeah. because once he did realize the mistake he made, he took Advil. And then like an hour later, he felt great the rest of the oh, day. Oh, man. Ate up all that time feeling miserable in Disney because he took the wrong thing. All right. So let me show you the two pill yeah. bottles that they came in. Yeah. I felt great. 15 minutes later, after actually taking ibuprofen, 
felt wonderful. Yeah. And I crushed it the rest of the day. Are these prescribed? No. No, 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 no. It's, it's just ibuprofen, and it's over the counter. They like, look exactly the same. Rotate the bottles. Rotate the bottles, and... There's you know, the similar. difference now. Yeah. yeah, very similar. Not even that far off. Well, Advil's pills now look like... Uh, Zan- what is it? Z- Zantac. Zantac. I mean, I say Zantac, but it's uh, Signature Care Acid oh, Maximum Strength. Oh, yeah. and, and that's uh, that's generic. Generic. Okay. Generic, yeah. The, so, so what does it say? Here, so same shape pill and everything? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, just a lighter color. Case. Just, it's still that brownish color, but yeah. uh, slightly oh, lighter. It yeah. could have been worse. I, mean, I see. It could have been worse. I mean, it really could have been worse. Yeah. It really, really could have I mean, been worse. I mean, I, the worse you were taking an anti-acid right. drug. Yeah. I see the hotline ringing. It's got to be Dr. Mike. Oh, man. <laughs> did you tell You're him? I did not. I did not. What am I going to get in trouble for? You need to look at that bottle. That's well, just his, that's him. That's no. or, or he's going to tell me, Gavin. well, you shouldn't take Zantac. Take Protonics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see if you're he's right. He's watching out for your well-being. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the good doctor is on the line from Penn Medicine and Fox 29. Dr. Mike Sirigliano. Hey, hey. Good morning, Dr. Mike. I swear, <laughs> I come out of a patient room. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a P1. I always have MMR on all day long. And what do I hear? I hear Casey saying, <laughs> I, you know. It's unbelievable. So, Casey, so number one, um, I don't – now, look, you you said two things I have to respond to. One, you only take those uh, like protonics and drugs like that if you really, really have to. Those are called proton pump inhibitors. And so I have a little bit of an issue with, with, you know, the fact that they're very powerful drugs. They're useful in certain circumstances. But I actually agree with things like Zantac or Pepsi. Those are H2 blockers, and they don't have some of the side effects that we're concerned about uh, with the with those other drugs so but but you brought up a good point and that is medication errors happen all the time mm. and so you were thinking you were taking Zantac because I suppose you had reflux no it's the was... other way around I had a headache and I thought I was taking ibuprofen and the, took... the, the two pill bottles are like identical in size and color and all of that and I took three uh, signature care acid control pills instead of three ibuprofen. Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, the thing is, one, you, you don't want to take, uh, you know, too much Zantac. That, that's a problem. But the other thing is, um, you, uh, why did you have both? No, that's a good question. Um, because I, I do suffer from, like, acid. I don't know if it's acid. Heartburn. Heartburn. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. Tums doesn't do it for me anymore. So I always make sure I have that on me. And I always make sure that I have Advil on me. All right. So the Advil certainly is not going to help your reflux. You know that. Right. But I didn't have reflux. I had a headache. But you took the Zantac by mistake. Yes. yes. All right. See us. So you, were, you, you weren't really focused. It on the moment. No. Take, right. No, it was that, first thing in the morning, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask you, Mike. He took, so he took the three Zantex, uh, or the three, whatever it was, the prescri- the generic, and uh, are there any, could there have been any um, big complications from that? Well, was it Zantac 75? Was it 75 milligrams? It was, uh, all right, it was store brand. It was maximum strength. 
So it was 150 milligrams. Oh, well, it, well it, she says, uh, Marissa's handing it to me. She says, yeah, it's 75 milligrams. Oh, right. 75. So that's not the maximum dose over the counter. Okay. So what you need to do is realize that if you take three of the 150s, it, it may have been a problem, but but you're okay. 75 <laughs> milligrams is well within, If you, even if you took three, it's well within in the range of... Uh, uh, no, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was three 150s. Oh, no. <laughs> you just read it. <laughs> Did you take so, three one fifty? I took three. So you're took... still confused. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, maybe we need to get a pill bottle. <laughs> uh, you know, one of those dispensaries like I have for my mother. Oh, yeah, like and, Monday, and... Tuesday, Wednesday, 8 a.m., 5 p.m. Yeah. Mike, right. he's, he's also had a 48-hour erection. So. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what that is, yeah. bro. We don't know what that's about. Well, that's called priapism, but uh, <laughs> you go there if you want. You take three Viagras, you'll have that, maybe. Uh. I don't know. But the, the bottom line is, is that when people do that, and this happens all the time, mainly with blood pressure medicine yeah. and things like that, you just have to be very, very careful because there could be serious consequences. Now, in your case, I, I, I don't see anything that's really a, a problem for you. But I think that the the take-home message or the teaching point is that you just have to be very careful because say you took a blood thinner and Mm -hmm. you took three of those, that happens. And so people need to realize you have to really focus on what you're taking. You can't be distracted. And certainly you need to, where where they, they were actually in the pill bottles, you just didn't read the label. Exactly. Well, yeah, because I just had, saw the back of the bottle. They really look similar. I mean, they look. Yeah. They look. Uh, I, I'm surprised that there's not that much more delineation between the way these things are yeah. set up. Just, just, just on the industry side, that they would make sure that there was. I mean, I don't know how that's handled, but it would be so easy to confuse these. Well, and 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 that's why it happens all the time, and that's why I wanted to chime in because really, uh, uh, medication confusion is a big problem in terms of when to take it. If you took too much, uh, sometimes you have to go to the ER. If if you take too much of a heart medicine, you might need to go to the emergency room because you could end up with very very low blood pressure. You might end up with a very slow heart rate, uh, and in the, in terms of blood thinners, you you can bleed. Now, so, Mike, he did say he noticed an inflammation in his labia majora. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard that from him before. <laughs> it's, a, it's a common thing with him. It's a theme. Okay. But, but, nothing but, to uh, be scared about. Uh, you're right. Nothing to be uh, concerned about. Okay. But, All right. Uh, good. Uh, good. Be careful and and listen. One other thing: if yeah. the reflux continues, Casey, then you need to consider doing an upper endoscopy because you could have a precancerous condition known as Barrett's esophagus. Yay! <laughs> so you want to make sure if if you have to take a lot of Zantac and you do it regularly, uh, you need to see me. It's 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 actually a good idea. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. a lot? Uh, more than once a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll come see you in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you right. just need to do that. I I have Barrett's. I I uh, had an endoscopy, and you just have to watch it. Now I get one every three years because that thing can turn, and you have to watch it. All right, we'll put you two in touch with each other. And Doctor Mike, yeah. my elbows to hush, so you got to get you got to get in touch with me soon. All right. Uh, listen. Yeah. Call me. Uh, okay. Call I'll call me. you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. All right. We'll see you later. That must have sucked, though. Oh, my God, man. Because I'm telling you, we're walking around Animal Kingdom after we get off this. And by the way, the Avatar ride was supposed to be about two hours. We get halfway into the ride. That's a long ride. Well, yeah, but it's kind of worth it. So we, but we get in line, Steve, and we're in line for about an hour, almost an hour. We're at the end of the line, and they go, 
We're having technical difficulties. We had to shut down. I guess they have a couple of different chambers that you can ride in. Um, So we're going to be running at at a a slower rate than normal. And so two hours turn into three hours. Uh, If you have any Zantex, we recommend you take it now. Mm -hmm. Well, at least you got there, and at least you missed the baseball game. (laughs) At least I missed the baseball game, and at least I was just so glad I could be there to miss it. (laughs) I'm going to go to, hang on, Erica made a mistake with uh, some uh, medicine at one point. Hi, Eric, you're on the air. Good morning. You guys rock. With Thank you. Woo! Appreciate it. So what did you do, man? Besides, you know, Casey took uh, Zantac instead of uh, ibuprofen. What did you do? It actually wasn't medicine, but it was along the same lines. I woke up early one morning. To, I forget. I had an appointment or something, dead tired, whatever it was. And I go to brush my teeth only to realize that instead of toothpaste, I had put desitin on my toothbrush. Desitin? Yeah, like, you know, baby. Your diaper rash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, the problem is, the toothpaste that we were, I forget what toothpaste we were using at the time, but the, like, Casey, exact same color, writing everything, but somebody in my house put this, like, on the back of the sink where the toothpaste <laughs> is. That's great. I went and reached, and I, I never got it in my mouth, but I, like, as I'm, as I'm putting it on the toothpaste, I realized the consistency's a little thick, and, and then I get this smell, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with this toothpaste? And I'm looking at the tube and the thing, I'm like, oh, no. So I had to, like, completely, like, go sure. to get a brand new toothbrush. I was late for my appointment. I was mad. Mm. You didn't try other things, like maybe Vagisil or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Why not? Sometimes you can invent new things oh if you screw around. Oh, my God, Eric. All right, thanks, man. appreciate it. Well, he reminded me of it's yeah. about four months ago, and it was one of those mornings where I'm like, you know, cats are jumping up and down on the mm-hmm. thing because they all have to watch me brush my teeth and so on and so forth, and I'm there. And I, I and I look down, and I don't know the um, the sequence of events that led to it, but I'm holding my Harry's razor in my hand, and on the edge of the razor is a thin strip of toothpaste. Well, I did. put toothpaste on on your face <laughs> on the blade no, on the blade of like it was your toothbrush like it was a toothbrush oh my god like I was gonna shave oh my Steve, god I've taken um, toothpaste and uh, tried to apply it as deodorant okay. so I can relate like you just All pick right. up the thing you're in the bathroom right. you're completely zoning out right. and you pick up something that you know has to do with your cleaning or getting less smelly process. And then uh, apply toothpaste this, under my arm because your your protocol is yeah. screwed, or your 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 methodology or whatever the in your mind. And I'm the most beautiful thin line of toothpaste across the edge of the razor. I don't think they make uh, mousse anymore for hair, but in the nineteen do. do they? Sure. Okay, in the nineteen eighties, it was you know that's what everybody did. <laughs> and I I one time I tried to shave with it. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was shaving cream. I, Didn't work. Put it in my hand. It was it must have been early and. No, because when you uh, like shaving cream, when you kind of pat together, you yeah. kind of thicken it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, and it, moose, your hand just goes right through it. It just flattened <laughs> out, and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing, idiot?" Uh, let me go to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. It's all good, Lisa. What's up? So I'm at work one day, and my husband calls. He's watching my two younger kids, who are like five and three at the point. And he says to me, you have to come home. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, something's really, really wrong. And I'm going, what in the world happened, Ray? And he's like, I'm peeing orange. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, I better come home. Something's wrong. And I'm a teacher, so I, like, leave my classroom. 
I get home. He's like, I don't know. I had this sinus infection, and I took a Sudafed. And I'm going, oh, my God, and this is the reaction from it? <laughs> and finally, I'm like, let me grab the Sudafed so that I can bring it to the hospital with us. Yeah. And sure enough, it was a UTI medicine. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> What urinary is tract urinary tract oh, 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 my God. And it makes your pee yellow, bright, 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 bright neon yellow. God, that's hilarious. Uh, and did did he have to worry about, uh, and that, that's for women to take, right? Or does it matter? Yeah. Okay. It's usually for women to take, yep. Mm. <sighs> and he's not a woman. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll screw you up. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Let me, oh, God. Let me go over here to uh, John. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good, man. What? Uh, tell us about uh, the mistake you made. Uh, it wasn't medicine, but um, one morning uh, the restaurant was opened up near me, and my wife wanted me to take my kids on job interviews because they were, you know, needed jobs. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty hungover, mm-hmm. and I just ran into her bathroom and did my hair and thought I was applying hairspray to my hair. We took the kids to the interview, and I said, "You know what? I bartend. I'll sit. Uh, I'll sit in for an interview too. See if I can get a night or two here." Mm-hmm. Little did I know, like I said, it was my wife's deodorant I put in my hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spray-on deodorant, okay. I was turning gray by the minute. <laughs> I think I'm killing this interview. I'm like, I've got this job. And here's a guy who was a good-looking guy but bald and kept saying, uh-huh, and just kept, like, looking up at my hair. I'm like, I was like that Benjamin Button guy. Backwards. Yeah, you're aging right before him. I go home, I go home and I'm driving down 95 to go to my other job. And I look in the rear mirror, and I'm completely gray. I look like Phil Donahue. <laughs> and I, I slammed the brakes on. I called home. I said, what the hell is going on? And my kid's like, Dad, we just thought you were turning gray. We didn't want to hurt your feelings. I'm like, I don't <laughs> And needless to say, I did not get the job. Right. <laughs> of course. Uh, 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 That's hilarious. Thanks, John. Uh, it was, couple it was of, interesting. A couple of texts come in. Somebody thought they were using <clears throat> body spray. You know, like yeah, an yeah, yeah. spray all over. Sure. And they were using hairspray. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. This stuff's like glue. Uh huh. Yeah. Spraying your whole yeah. body what, like that. What's What's the weirdest thing you've used? Because uh, when you run out of uh, shaving cream, mm. I, use I, soap. I will go to soap. Yeah. Um, you know what works is uh, conditioner. Really? Yeah. If you run out of shaving cream and you have conditioner, I actually use that on. Uh, over the weekend in Florida. I okay. used up so my wife had this expensive, <laughs> like, <laughs> moisturizer. You get in trouble? Oh, God. I, I just, I hope, she never mentioned it. It was, like, from Joseph Anthony. I'm sure this stuff was, like, crazy. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm like, can, will this work? And you're doing it, you're shaving. It's like, seems to work. But, I mean, I smell like lavender for right. like a month. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I have uh, Anthony. Anthony, good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, Anthony? Um, I'm a delivery driver, so um, I have, like, insomnia real bad a lot of times. So I have to take sleeping pills to go to sleep. Yep. So I woke up in the morning, I'm all groggy, you know, I need something to help me with that. I didn't have coffee, whatever. So at that point, I would take B12 in the morning to wake up, you know. But just like Casey, I'm just all out of it, whatever. And instead, I took my sleep. I took sleeping pills in the morning before I had to go do my delivery gig. Oh, my God. Dude, what did you do? Yeah, I mean, I just beasted it out. A lot of times, you know, you just got to beast it out, you know? I was just, the life is like crazy. Did you just say beef it out? Like, like beef? Like, yeah, just ate it up, you know? Just went out and just did my job. You were driving around and doing sleeping pills in your system? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but, you know. You didn't kill anyone. 
I, I was I was good though, you know. I, I know my body. I know. I, All I right. Out there if I think I could do it, you know? Next time, Colin, sick if that happens again. Thanks, All right? Anthony. Yeah, Appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right, see you later. Beef it up, man. Yeah, man. I haven't heard that before. I, I hear your roast beef. Uh, let me go to uh, let me go to Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Taylor? Hey, so um, I uh, accidentally tripped on Tylenol one time. You tripped on Tylenol one time. Okay, what happened? Yeah. Well, I had taken too much. Um, I, I felt really bad, so I was taking naps, and then any time that I woke up, I would just take more, and I didn't realize that I almost took almost the entire container. You can OD on that. You, uh, you yes. can die. In fact, we know someone who did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I had. To, I actually had to go to the hospital um, the two, two days after that because I wasn't feeling myself, and I felt like I was coming off of acid. And I went to work, and then I my entire body felt like an icy hot, and I had to get one of my coworkers to drive me to the hospital. Yeah, um, and it was really scary. I didn't feel myself until like maybe five days after that. Yeah, that's um, you can do liver damage big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really scary. You're lucky. A lot of people think because it's like stuff for your headache or just over the counter. You know, oh okay, I guess I just keep taking it until I don't feel the. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, you got to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, you got lucky, Taylor. Okay. But was the, was the trip fun? <laughs> um, I, I actually kind of went on a date when I was really like, not feeling myself. Yeah, it it was really weird. I wasn't acting myself, so I just don't remember if I had a good time. Well, you just beefed it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. I'll go next to uh, Mary Beth. Hey, Mary Beth, you're on the air. Good morning. Got, remember Aquanet hairspray? Yeah, oh, yeah, the strongest ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Mega hold. When I was gro- Growing up, my dad, he never drank, and guess what happened the morning after he drank? What did he do? He sprayed the Aquanet under his arm <laughs> and brushed with the Brill Cream. Brushed with Brill Cream? That's yeah. hair cream, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh, my God. It was. Oh, yeah. It's That's something funny. like, you know, he's been gone a long time, but that's one of those things that just makes you got to laugh and smile. It doesn't matter how long it's He must have had some, it. like, Bon Jovi pits, though. I mean, they, like, oh, uh, yeah. I just remember him go, what the hell? <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Mary Beth. This one I want to check out. I want to go to uh, Frank. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Dad Zook. Dad Zook, buddy. What's your story, man? So I was using a nasal spray. Uh, right before I was going to school, I was like, you know, really late, so I'm hurrying, and I spray it in my nose, and it didn't feel even weird. I get on the bus, and my friend's like, dude, you got like a pink booger. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I start pulling it, and it's like a jelly, and suddenly my nose is completely clogged on the side, and then both sides start closing up, so I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> So I go into school. I go right to the nurse. I'm like, I can't breathe. There's pink boogers. I don't know what to do. Pink boogers. Yeah. What turned out, they sent me to the hospital. I put my grandmother's, um, I forget the name of it, but it's denture spray. Like, Oh, my God. Like denture spray of some kind. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so, essentially glue. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's yeah. an adhesive. So, yeah. Up my nose. So I was sniffing glue and like, I was <laughs> God, <laughs> your grandmother's oh, polyden up your nose. I love that, Frank. I, I kept the booger. It's seriously still somewhere in my closet. Oh my god! <laughs> Nasty. Of course, you got to keep something like that. Yeah, thanks, keep Frank. Saying. Something to give your grandkids. Appreciate it, Frank. Let's go to Toby. Hi, Toby. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey. Hey. 
What's up, Toby? So, my mother, who is sober, never drinks or does anything in her life, Mm -hmm. had a headache at my brother's wedding. She took two what she thought were ibuprofen, Mm -hmm. and they were two Oxycontins. Oh, Oh my God. God. Is she alive? Yeah. Huh? Is she alive? (laughs) She's alive, but she turned green and was... Acting like she was the drunkest person at the wedding. Wow. <laughs> Two Oxycontins. Oh, my God. Two Oxycontins. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was got up in the morning one time and was Thanks drinking so. twisted tea. Because <laughs> he didn't realize it was... It was twisted? It, it, well, he didn't know. He just <laughs> he thought it was his a, tea. So my mom came home from mass, and my dad literally is just sitting at the kitchen table working on his homily because he was yeah. a deacon. And my mom's like, what? Are you, David, what are you doing? <laughs> And he's, like, so confused because he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just sitting here to work in my homily drinking some iced tea. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's, like, you know, it's like it's 7 o'clock in the morning and you're drinking alcohol. <laughs> I could see somewhere. making that mistake. It's hard to tell that it's got booze in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, how t- much? Do you, any idea how much of it he drank? He drank, like, half of it, probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, let me go to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Long time. Oh, excellent. Thanks for calling in. What's up? Actually, I can relate to Casey. I had once uh, thought I was spraying some throat spray, and it tastes tastes a little soapy. Okay. I looked at the bottle. There was a skull and crossbones. My my roommate put in flea and tick spray. Oh, Oh my God. God. (laughs) Luckily, luckily I called the veterinarian. And it was pyrethrins, and he he said, oh, you just get a headache. Don't worry. It had a skull and crossbones on it. Yeah, my roommate changed the bottle. But, uh, <laughs> Thanks. Wow. I didn't call the emergency room. He probably would have put me in a hospital. Uh, Jesus. Wow, messed up. All right, thanks, Mike. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. Um, well, interesting, but Casey survived. I'm okay. His headache's good. Had a wonderful day Yeah. after that. Yeah. It was yeah. really great. You, you got to see a great game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. Got to, you know what? I, I, I think about it, like, if I went there, things maybe wouldn't have been the same sure. you know what i mean yeah so well, did you welcome, did you get Rowan. to did you at least see your cousin and say sorry we missed your game no he was in magic kingdom the only park we didn't go to <laughs> oh so, so uh, never even crossed paths honestly no. you gotta seize the moment if you have a chance to go down and oh, ignore a family member yeah. he also didn't know i was coming so oh, okay so it was like more of like a surprise disappoint, okay. disappoint him no no, no, no big whoop <laughs> yeah right. well there's at least like, that why not go see him i'm like dude, he's with all his friends like he does not want to run into uncle casey mm. All right, well, anyhow, thanks for sharing the story. Appreciate it. What's new? Glad you asked. Dinosaur Pilo. I'm always on the back foot. Yeah, I'm always on the back foot. Godsman. I know your scars are free. You're like a shooting star in the rain. The Struts. Dancing. 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 We found John Schneider. Yeah. Good morning, John. My gosh, hey, how are you? Good, nice how to see you? you. You know, I'm a victim. <laughs> I'm a victim of the walk app on my GPS. Oh, do tell. I love to walk. Well, I was I was lost. Okay, I was, and it said I was like right here. And you know what? It was so interesting about the the time we live in now. I was across the street. <laughs> mm-hmm. At at one, how do you say it? One bala. One bala. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I said to like four people. Where is no? That's two. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah, in the yeah, park. Where's two? Yeah. So yeah. I was at two, yeah. 
And, and it says big, two, yeah. Gala Plaza. And oh. I said, where is one? Uh-huh. Nobody knew. Nobody knows. I know. Nobody, and the, and, and, it's uh, so weird. I was across the street. So I was I was here in, in spirit. So, so you're, you're by sex. But were you using a, an, an app where you were trying to, to follow along on a map at all? Yeah. Because, okay. Cause I, walking. I, sometimes I'll use the, the Google map app and I'll put on walking. Yes. And then it won't. Go, go in the in direction it that is, you're walking. That's exactly in. it. It yes. told me. It I told to me you were in the third down. parking space from Sachs right. over there. That's where I'm okay. supposed to be. It right is now. erroneous. They really need to, need uh, to brush it. those up. Uh, the Google one, and Google's probably the preeminent map for yeah. that. But the walking app, uh, it, will, yeah. it will get you within. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so John, I found that, but it knows what lane you're in. <laughs> I know. John calls me because yes. he's lost, and I'm looking out our window in the in the production studio, and John says, I'm wearing a gray shirt, and I'm waving, and I see him. So, and you like, say you're in the building that's under construction. There's a building right across the street. Yeah, also it's also under construction. Under construction. Yeah. So I'm going over there. I'm talking to the guy on the on the condor going, dude, where's the radio station? I think man, I know I that guy. Know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm so glad I think it's like everywhere. It's in my head. Oh, man. So anyway, it's great to be here. It's uh, great to have you. We're very excited. We, we, we just actually, I just consigned this to not going to happen. And then here you are. So we're very happy. Well, John's going to be performing wow. at the Sellersville Theater. So just to give a heads yeah. up as to why, he, why you're in town. That's why I am in town. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this since uh, before Dukes. Right. So really, I'm a I'm a guy with a guitar. I was that long haired guy in high school in the <laughs> '70s with a guitar in my back. I so, never, I never know, I was thought that. that. Guy. I n- I always thought I always thought that the that the the country stuff and the music sort of came after Dukes, and then doing a little reading on you. That's always been your thing. It's always been my thing. Yeah, uh, I was the tip jar guy, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I've I've loved music. I played music for my my whole life. My dad played in a square dance band, so you know. And I grew up in the '60s, so I grew up when uh, when the birds. I'm looking at the birds. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The birds were rocking it, and the Stones were, of course, they're still around. It's how, amazing. How'd you get that love of? Uh, uh, how did country become a thing when you were so you were in New York? You moved to well, Atlanta. Well, New York, but you know, New York is uh, dairy farm country, really. When yeah. you get out of the city, so it's true. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a big country music fan. My mother was a big country music fan. So Were you Mount uh, Kisco, Mount Kisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm more. I'm more like Blood, Sweat, and Tears. All right. Okay. I love Blood, Sweat, yeah. and Tears. I'm, yeah. I'm more that guy. And the Almond Brothers and Southern Rock and and that kind of that All kind right. of stuff. It's because you know like, Gordon Lightfoot was was pretty new in the '60s. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I grew up with a, a great love for really wonderful lyrics. And then Dukes came around, which was terrific. I love the Dukes of Hazard. But uh, it was so funny after that. Everybody said, oh, wow, so now you're going to sing. And I'm thinking, no, so now I'm going to act. I, rem- I remember thinking, <laughs> I rem- I, Preston, you probably had the same thing. Like, this is a guy trying to sing. You know? Well, yeah, the same thing was with Rick Springfield yeah, and a yeah. few other people who are legitimately talented right, musicians. Right, 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 yeah. And got into, uh, you know, creatively heading towards a music career. But, you know, the, some of these crossover a little bit. And, yeah, I can act. Sure, I'll try it and go out. And next thing you know, they start to... Have a career there, and then you want to go back to what your real love is. Right, and, and then it's, nobody, it's not that they won't let you, but it's like, you're uh, pigeonholed. No, they don't you're want, they don't want to, yeah, they don't want football players to be able to play tennis. Right, right, right. Right, so or was, certainly crochet. Rosie Greer did. Exactly, Rosie Greer. So, yeah, to, to that point, it's got to suck, but it's also it's a blessing and a curse. You're, you're 17, right, when you audition for Dukes? Yeah, 18. 18, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. and you, you get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. and you're, I you're... get it. And then the show is uh, is a monster, yeah. a monster hit. 
And uh, you know what's interesting, though, now is I'm on a show that uh, when now I get recognized from the haves and have-nots. Yes. Uh, which is the Tyler yeah. Perry show. It's on the Oprah Winfrey Network, number one on Tuesday nights for six years in a row. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. But even the haves and have-nots fans will go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love the Dukes of Hazard. Well, me, I'm a Smallville fan, too. Oh, fantastic. So I'm a Lex Luthor, you. <laughs> yes, I've cultivated the look, yeah. But you, there are many things that I've, I've always... I remember initially I was like... I enjoyed the show, the Dukes, and I was, but I also had those things where, like, ah, oh, this guy is, you know, it's a natural reaction to a guy who's impossibly good looking and talented. So I'm like, I'm going to be jealous in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, but, but then, then I'm like, I really like this guy. And, and, and then it was actually, I think it was when Smallville kicked in when I, you were just such, had such a good paternal quality to you. And, and oh, I, thank I guess you. this guy can really act. He's good. I see it up on your screen right there. There right you now. go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you no, know, it's interesting. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, now, Tom Wopat, who we had in the studio here as well, he sings. He does Broadway yeah. or, you know, stage musicals and things like that. Did the two of you on the set of Dukes, did you try a music thing together, harmonizing, singing, trying oh, to get we some would, more? Oh, we would sing in the car Just for fun, yeah, but, just for but fun. you never really... A lot uh, of credence, and, a lot. Yeah, we, yeah. we would just sing harmony from, uh, you know, hee-haw. hee-haw. Okay. Your hee-haw. voice is so... When did that voice kick in? Because you've got a very resonant voice. I did, thank you. I, I did a, uh, a record called Small One when I was 15. 15? And I played like a guy that sounded like I sound right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I did Fiddler on the Roof at 14... 13 and 14 years old. Uh, so and you it, sounded like this? Well, I sound a little deeper in the morning now than I did, but pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I was like, wow. $40, give me 40 Who's going to give me 40 at 15 years old? Um, you know, but the acting thing I find, you know you, you know Mount Kisco. So Westchester yeah, yeah. County, when you watch any of the cop shows and, and the kids have gone wrong because they're too rich, <laughs> they say, well, they're from Westchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I'm from. So when you're from Westchester and the first thing you play is a, is a hillbilly, mm-hmm. then you're a hillbilly. But if you're from, you know, two two shoes and a and a, and a bowling ball, Kentucky, <laughs> and you play you play a New York cop, you're an actor, right? Yeah, what no, the hell? Right, right, oh, you know, right. there is a Why reverse is sort of thing. But I, I and they I, people still say, well, but you weren't acting. That was just. I said, dude, I'm I'm about <laughs> as southern as a slice of you know a really good slice of original raised pizza. <laughs> Uh, what, the, what are you talking about? Uh, I always thought that, though. It's, it's funny, the perception. Because I'm so damn good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true, though. And, and, and Kathy, you've got to stop. You've got to just stop taking over all the conversation here. Uh, uh, <laughs> She's our stenographer, by the way. In a court of law, she'll make sure this all holds up. Oh, terrific. Uh, bring it back I had to, to mention court. You started? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, right. listen, you're all good now, right? Everything's you brought it up. No, yeah. it's yeah. still going on. It's longer it? than the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> I know it, you it decided you, you wanted to take uh, time uh, behind bars as opposed to paying whatever fine you were supposed to pay. If Absolutely. If I correctly. Boy, yeah. you should have seen the look on his face. <laughs> yeah? The like, judge? You mean, yeah. When I yeah. said, Your Honor, I, can I go to, I can't, I can't go when you want me to go. Can I go now? Yeah. yeah. What? Now. Yeah. When you say now, what do you mean? I said, I mean now, now. Like, when you say, we're done today, can I go to jail? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, bailiff, is that, uh, can, we, can we make that? And this is a guy that, that a month before was saying, I will track you down and find you and send you to jail. Right. And he doesn't even know how to send somebody to jail. <laughs> well, this is an appointed judge. This is a friend of a friend who is now, you know, out there changing people's lives one sentence at a time yeah uh and when it's all over if 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 i have 
uh, we're doing a, a Christmas movie this year. Okay. If it Walmart? Is, I think it is. No, no. It's, okay. We own it ourselves. Okay. It's about the flag on the car and the whole thing. So, okay. you know, we've got to distribute it ourselves. Right. Oh, okay. So we could sell a, a bunch of copies of it. If we do and I have an extra rattle in my pocket, I'm going to throw it at a lawyer in California <laughs> and I'm going to try to get this guy disbarred. Wow. Really? Yes. He was absolutely after me for some reason and I don't know why. So well, to explain the, 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 the deal, it was, it, you know, it was an acrimonious divorce, correct? And you were you're you're being asked to to uh, to pony up what was I was being I was being told ordered to pony up what was an absurd amount of money right and, and uh, you had no recourse right and yeah. I had except I had proof that I had uh, lost that was 2016 right we had, we had the hundred year flood followed shortly by this by the thousand year flood and destroyed and your Louis production destroyed everything yeah. twice right so in between. We rebuilt because that was never going to happen again. So right. it was terrible. I, I owe so much money on trying to recover from 2016. Right. So I had, they're called tax returns. Uh-huh. And apparently the judge had not seen them before. <laughs> so I had tax returns that showed beyond the shadow of a doubt that I lost $350,000 in 2016. Right. And because the woman that filed the tax returns did not actually, you know, put the receipts together herself, and nobody does, right? Yeah. So the her her lawyer said, "Did you, did you, uh, you file the tax returns? Yes. And they, and they, what do they show? They show Mr. Schneider lost three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Did let me ask one more question? Did you put the receipts together? No, I did not. It's hearsay, Your Honor. She has no way to authenticate those receipts. Mm-hmm. This is what he said. This is why I'm going after him. Yeah. You know, Counselor, people lie on their taxes all the time. Sustained. So I went from being a guy who lost $350,000 in a year and had nothing, certainly no ability to pay $19,000 a month in temporary spousal support, hello, (laughs) to a guy who had millions of dollars and just didn't want to pay. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why why I went to jail, because that's contempt. If you can and, and don't. That's contempt. I thought I proved, and I still believe that I proved because I know I was there. I couldn't do it. It's a nightmarish thing to be. It's got to be also a soul-sucking thing to go through. Because I saw a picture of you. You were standing, I forget, a reporter maybe from Extra or something, standing by the property that had been leveled like twice when oh, the yeah, storms. Oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah. And, and they didn't care. That's the thing. It wasn't like, well, you know, Mr. Schneider, you've been through hell. We're not going to drag you through anymore. But I tell you what, some great music came out of it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You know, All they right. say you can't sing the blues until you've lived them. Right. Well, I've got one song that starts out, well, her lawyer's got to me, so I got gone. There's the flood right there. I got tired of that road I was traveling on. Between the judge and the jail and my future ex-wife, Lord, it's a wonder I'm still alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good. I'm I'm glad on a on one of those odd, you know, actors can turn chicken crap into chicken salad <laughs> thing. Uh, so I'm delighted on, in that regard because now I, you know, I have a, I Is have that a, a different posture. Ch- chicken essence. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, have you always been, because every time I've ever seen you interviewed throughout your entire career... You've always been very candid and very self-effacing. Is that is, is that is that something that you've always? I mean, is that is that your way, or you just? It's, I, I, it must yeah, be. It must be. You know? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no. Yes, that is. That, yeah. I, I, you know, I think uh, I think if you're if you're awarded with celebrity of any kind, that you need to be a real person. Yeah. And you need to be whoever it is that. Uh, when people have problems when they've created something that become a celebrity, mm-hmm. 
and then they have to it's kind of like a lie you have to uh you have to keep telling a lie over and over again and which means it's harder to remember well, as you get older what the hell you've been lying about not, not like, like so like, i just tell the truth like hugh grant i always i always point to hugh grant and not not that you were caught in the car with a hooker but uh but no, 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 I locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a guy who had a story that could have been a career killer and just met it head on. Yeah. And just, boop, yep. Well, and, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and that, and I've seen so many people who seem to know how to take a situation and diffuse it. And so many people who don't and end up just confounding the issue that much more. Well, the way to diffuse any issue is just to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then what are you going to say to that? Yeah. How can you possibly have a problem with that? Right. Although in court, that's I was the same guy in court. And it, it bit you in the ass. Well, you know, it's it's it, it, for a short amount of time, it it is going to bite him in the ass. Okay. And it's bit her in the ass because there isn't anything. And I and I got a great quote out of it. You cannot and because he said, Well, you know, counsel, you can't get blood from a turnip. That's what he said to her. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's true, but you can't apparently throw a turnip in jail for not bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> if I may geek out for a second, yes, I, I follow you on Instagram, and uh, I posted a video of Tiger winning the Masters back in April, and for whatever reason, you saw it and you liked it, and um, it, it, it all of a sudden. Uh, John Schneider is liking one of my Instagram posts, and I grew up a fan just like Casey did and like we all did, and, and it was just sort of a surreal moment. And I know you're a man and a musician and an actor and, and everything that you are, but you're also a celebrity. You also carry a bit of fame around with you, and so the, it's sort of transcendent. In the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, and you get, but you're also the guy that gets lost in the parking lot on the, yeah. on, on the radio, radio station interview. But um, uh, since then, I've really uh, admired how you interact with your fans and, and following you uh, and seeing your not only your music career, but also just the way you've embraced the history with the, with the Duke boys and, and all of the conventions that happen and all the things with the General Lee. It's really cool. And so from a fan's perspective, it's neat to see somebody embrace who they are and not shy away from it. Well, thank you. I mean, like Popeye, I am what I am. Yeah. So uh, I love Dukes. Excuse me. Um, I love the the whole notion of it. We did this movie, Christmas Cars. Uh, there's an event happening this weekend in Virginia that I'm not at because there's a bit of a rift now between uh, Ben. Oh, oh the ben congressman. And I. The congressman. The yeah. once the once congressman. Yeah. Cooter? Played Cooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and well, I'm, so you didn't really bring that up, but I'm going to bring it up because I'm <laughs> self-effacing, and, and uh, I want to because uh, people are and saying, hey, "How come you're not out there?" Well, yeah. number one, I wasn't invited. Yeah, okay. And number two, uh, there was an event. Uh, people approached me about doing uh, ten shows with my new record. Yeah, uh, with the Odyssey. And they said, oh, we're going to have you. We, we love your music. We want you out there. And so that was the worm on the hook. I bit. And then they said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we brought Tom out? And it was like, well, you know, yeah, but that's that's kind of creeping into a different thing. Right. You know, you just you just rub my back saying you love my music. And right. it's, And then so I said, well, OK, because we do music together and I yeah. loved it. And I love Tom. And then all of a sudden the ads came out. It was the Dukes of Hazard reunion. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And then... It was sold to you the wrong way. It was, yeah, and yeah. it was Tom and I. And then the the, uh, the visual ad, the, the commercial came out, <laughs> and they took the flag off the car. Okay. 
And I said on my my candid thing, I said, guys, look, you know, it's not about the flag. It's about the General Lee at this point. And I've got fans for 40 years on this show, 40 years. And if I do something that where you don't have the balls to keep the flag on the car. Yeah. If I do that, then they're going to turn on me. And I'm going to turn on me because that's not right. So no balls, no bow. Right. right yeah. I like that. And, and, and so I bowed out of it. Okay. Tom did it. And the very next thing, you know, and, and, you know, God bless Ben Jones, but, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a little Hugh Grant in the back seat here. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, so he went and he did it and he tried to make, and, and he brought a whole bunch. He tried to save the day and he tried yeah. to make it look like I was wrong that, no, of course the flag's on the car. No, I saw the commercials. I have the commercials. They took the flag off the car. So I, I I have a problem with with him going in and supporting that group, right? Uh, while now, if he said, you know, I understand, John, but you know, a buck is a buck, and we got to do it. I'd say go with God, absolutely, yeah. But don't make, don't try to make me look like the bad guy, like you're coming in and saving the day, and I'm right, wrong right. because I'm not. Right. Tell me they brought in Coy and Vance, and I will uh, absolutely flip my lid. Well, Coy was there. Vance, no. Vance has passed. No, I didn't Coy, know that. Actually, Coy, funny story about Coy. Quick, you guys are looking at your watches. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. Coy, Coy is Byron Cherry, and Byron and I, uh, I'm from New York, but I, my mom worked for IBM. So I, I spent my three high school years in uh, Atlanta. And Byron Cherry and I would go out and audition for the same thing all the time. Oh, no kidding. And occasionally we did commercials together. We were great friends. So before Dukes happened... Byron Cherry and John Schneider were best friends. And when Tom and I didn't come back, we never walked off. We didn't come back. There is a difference. Was that over, uh, mer- was that over merchandising? Yeah, it was over merchandising. Okay. It was over accounting. So you, everything you, is always right. over accounting. And, and, the, and studio accounting is miraculous in its magical way. Well, and this was, this was like shoeboxes and pieces of paper. This was right. before spreadsheets. Or, well, before Excel. Before, right. It was 1978. Well, 1979, 80, 81. And you guys were all over the place and you weren't getting, you weren't, you felt you weren't we getting a, were a not, chunk of the change. Well, we were supposed to get a split 6%. Yeah. Of, yeah. And they grossed $230 million, according Jeez to them. Christ. And, you know, we made like 60 grand. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. Uh, so Coy and Vance, they, they, so, they, re- they so, replace you. Well, they did. But but Byron, as soon as we didn't come back and it looked like they were going to do the show without us, yeah. I said to the casting folks and to my friends, they were friends at Warner Brothers, I said, hey, there's a guy in Atlanta named Byron Cherry. You know, if you want to replace me with somebody who will be fairly indetectable, go <laughs> find Byron Cherry. <laughs> and he had already auditioned for them. And then they did this big show about thousands of people, yeah. you know, auditioning for Dukes and all this kind <laughs> of stuff. And who did they wind up hiring? Byron Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's the one who, one of them ended up in the movie Liar Liar, isn't he? The, um, the, 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 the guy with the philandering, uh, I don't oh. know. Was that? The, the, I'm not dark- sure because the other one, Christopher Mayer, passed away. Okay. Really, really early. I don't know that Byron was in that. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I cannot. Either confirm, confirm or deny confirm. that, Your Honor. So, in that case, though, you you you, you had character. Get off actors. her, Your Honor. Great character. Your actors. Honor, get off her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You had Denver Pyle. You had Sorrel uh, uh, Brook, right? That was Book. his name. But, Book. Uh, you had Waylon Jennings. New York, from did you did you get Book. to meet? Uh, oh yeah, I hung out with Waylon a lot. He was great as a musician. That must have that must have really it was tremendous. Rocked yeah. your world. Yeah, it was great, and he was a he was a terrific man. Yeah, and he was the outlaw and all that kind of stuff. But he had, uh, first time I met him, he pulled this little piece of paper out of his wallet. Right. That a, a young man had given him, you know, give this to Bo. 
you know, so here's like the 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 raunchiest, <laughs> biggest, you know, outlaw yeah. in the history of country music, and and saved this little piece of paper so that he said, I want to make sure, Hoss, that I that I did what I told this little fellow I was going to do. <laughs> so he gave me that piece of paper, and I thought that was really that cool. is cool. That's that awesome. is cool. Yeah, and you know, it, 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 he wasn't sleeping a lot in those days, so <laughs> he uh, he he kept his word to that little fella, and that's meant a lot to me the whole time. By the way, we've uh, confirmed Christopher Mayer was in. Uh, he was. He yeah. Was. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There we there go. There we go. So there's all the weird stuff that pulls it all together. Yeah. So um, from from that, obviously, Smallville. I wanted we wanted to ask you. Obviously, did other things as well. A lot of appearances on different shows. Smallville, we've been talking about recently. We have to ask you about this because I this don't whole, know Allison, <laughs> Allison Mack, that yeah. whole annexion thing. Yeah, that what, was wild. Did that blow your mind? Absolutely, absolutely. I've known Allison for a long, long time. And, Seemed like the sweetest thing. She is. So she has to have been has to have been deceived in some way, right? Uh, and I mean completely. Like a real culty. Completely. Yeah. Absolutely. There is no way in the world that Allison would do anything willingly wrong. Yeah. Because like I said, I've known we started what in 2001. So there's there's just no way. So she had to have had the wool completely pulled over her eyes. Because I remember when the story first, because I, 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 I was a huge yeah, fan of like, the what? show. And I what? said to press, that's like the all-American girl next door. Yeah. That she would be doing that. But but this whole. It, I'm not even sure what that is. I've, yeah. I've tried not to read. I mean, I, I read a little bit about it, yeah. about it when it first came out. But I'm not sure what she's been accused of or. or uh, well, she turned evidence against the leader of the Nexium cult. And that's right. why I think she's going to she's going to get off with a with a lighter situation. But this guy, this was the guy who was, you know, bringing these women in, and they were branding them and all this stuff, and it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. you've had so many cast mates and members over the years. It's, you know, how can you keep up on what everybody's doing in their spare time? Well, I would say, right? <laughs> exactly. You've got, you've exactly. got parking lots to wander around. I've got parking lots. <laughs> well, we as I've as got as apps to follow. <laughs> I have an app, by the way, the John Schneider app. Get the John Schneider app. Oh, really? You will never be lost in a parking lot. Again. <laughs> Get the John Schneider app and all of your troubles will be gone. Well, we, we and some of mine, because have... I'll sell you stuff. But it's good stuff. We as viewers of TV shows have this, uh, you know, kind of fantasy that the that the people that are on these shows uh, are together all the time, and they know it's it's just everything. The way, you know, it's, it's just, what we want to think. Yeah, it's you what know, we well, buy yeah. into. You know, yeah. So. Well, Tom and I talk quite a bit. Well, Pat and I talk a lot. Is that over? Uh, <laughs> what's that? Is that over now with the uh, with this uh, the car show thing? No, 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 uh, no, no. I don't know. I don't blame the only person I have any animosity toward. Is Ben okay? Because you know, I think I think he owes me an apology. I really do, uh, and he thinks I owe him, I owe him an apology. You know, but you know that's just kind of how that is, and it's been like that for a long for time. a long time. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was not very welcoming when we came back from our what we call the strike. Oh, really? Anyway, yeah, yeah, which is, to me is sad because I've known Ben a long, long time too. Uh, we did a movie called Million Dollar Dixie Deliverance. Million Dollar Dixie Deliverance. Yeah, for okay. Disney. For Disney back in 75, I think it was. 75 or 76. But um, there's uh, people who have a a political nature. Yeah. Uh, and people who are excellent at debate. And I've I've never met anyone smarter than Ben. The problem when you are so incredibly intelligent and you so, are so incredibly articulate and you have the ability to peel the artichoke... Yeah, mm-hmm. so that other people can go. Wow, I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. Is eventually you start believing your own bull crap. Yeah, 
And I, and that I think what you know, politicians who are crooked don't believe they're crooked. They think they are doing it for the greater good. A la Boss Hog. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Boss Cooter Hog. And there's you know, so there's there's some of that. So I don't blame him for it. No, but I, I just you. I do wish there'd be some some looking, some soul searching, and go. You know, because I've done this. I've I've just had a line. Johnny Lee plays the balladeer. Excuse me, in the movie Christmas Cars we just did. So the balladeer is what Waylon did. Yeah. So Johnny Lee is saying, well, you know, old Denver don't know what he's going to do now. Yeah. Right? And at one at one point he says, folks, I know because I've tried. No matter how you prepare it, crow never tastes good. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, but occasionally we need to get some bread out, butter it up, and, and eat a mouthful of crow. Mm-hmm. And I've done it a lot in my life, and I'll do it again. Right. But I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's Ben's turn at the, uh, yeah, Crobecue right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Crobecue. It's it's sage advice. It's it's I've, I've seen, you know, in this day and age of social media, I see so many people who are blatantly wrong about something, but they're just not going to give up on it. They're just just because their pride keeps them from saying, you know well, what? Yeah. I made a mistake, and I was wrong about that. There's a, a Waylon said in Dukes, pride is a terrible servant. Yeah. And it and it is. So, you know, you got to figure out when you are on w- what side of that you're on. That's why it's always wise to not be the first to be outraged by something. Let things breathe. Find out what really happened. And, and that's, yeah. that's kind of the way to go about it. Yep. Yep. I wanted yep. to ask you about you because we got here. We're going to ask about everything. Damn it. Dancing with the Stars. Uh, you were on and you were on with a. Uh... <laughs> yeah, how, that's all I got. What, was, I got what was the experience like that? You were on actually. God awful. The, the season was, was that awful. No, he was, was, great, he was on the season like, with Nikki Glazer. Yeah, it was like hot yoga for ten. Was weeks. it? Yeah. It was. I lost twenty six pounds. It Whoa. was. It was hell. Who was your partner? Emma Slater. Okay. She's and it was. It was great. And it was hell. It was super like, hot. It's like a great workout. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and but it's like a great work. You dread it, and yet. You enjoy it while you're doing it, and you love it when it's over. How many weeks was it? Uh, it was ten weeks, including rehearsal. I think I got the boot on the seventh. Uh, the seventh. It's not bad. It's not. No, a bad no, run. it's not. No, no, yeah. not bad at all. Yeah. With uh, some great people, uh, uh, Milo. I can't remember Milo. Uh, gosh, but, the Disney. What a great young man he is. The world <gasps> would be a much better oh. place if we oh. have more kids like him. He's in the zombie movie, isn't yes. he? Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh, what a great guy. Uh, Demarcus Ware, what a what a what a wonderful piece of crap! Gym. I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Play for I, the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, hey, Demarcus, come on in. We have a surprise for you. All, right, all the way from face. Denver, come on in here and kick his ass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a it was a great experience, but it was hell. And now that now that I'm part of really a small group, yeah, you know, they've done twenty twenty seven. I don't know if we have they done another season since then. I don't know. Is, I think you're twenty seventh, twenty seventh. Yeah, I don't know that they've done a twenty eighth yet. Did they reach out to your agent and approach? They you did. They it? had for years, and I never, I didn't want to do it because I'm not a dancer. And right, it was yeah. like, you know, I told you, that's what I they told you. No, but I did great. I yeah, thought yeah. I did great. You, did, you got it. I loved it. Run. Nikki Glazer was out after the first, uh, and she yeah. had her yeah. on the show, and she's yeah. like, I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, it was, well, you know, and I'm not sure what happened either after how it turned out. Yeah. Because, you know, there were some some amazing, amazing uh, folks on there. Yeah. And I, you know, I I was absolutely outside of my comfort zone, as were many, many of the people. Uh, Juan Pablo was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Milo was unbelievable. The... um, the young lady, oh gosh, forgive me, I, I can't remember her name right now. Um, Is that Mary all Lou the Redden? social Mary, Mary Lou Redden, 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 yeah. my gosh, she did it on a broken foot. 
Does it does it kind of suck though that right. you have people who come from basically worlds that are direct choral that or are they're even dancers they come in there as dancers mm-hmm. yeah. and they have the competing it's really a lot of it is a popularity contest isn't it huh? well i don't really now how it turned out i'm not really sure what it is yeah uh because it's supposed to be a split the the judges and the viewers and the viewers are yeah. supposed to be split basically 50-50 at least that's my understanding i read the fine print <laughs> right. and uh, you're and, a lawyer now and i know that's right trust me i'm a lawyer <laughs> uh, and, and i know for a fact that that the person who won had the lowest scores of anybody with the judges right um but was the most popular with the viewers would... Yeah, but that still should. I mean, no matter what, if Who's it's rigging if this it's, thing, if yeah. it's fifty-fifty, yeah, then there's something wrong. And I'm not saying. I mean, I absolutely. I'm. I'm. Thank God, I lasted as long as I did. Yeah. But there are people on there who should. I think Milo absolutely should have won without question. Yeah. Mm. And I think I, I'm not sure if it was a bigger shock that the person who won lasted past the first night, <sighs> or that they won. But I think it's a devastating blow to the show. Huh. I really do because, well, because you look at all of us on the steps when it was announced, and we're all like, "And the winner!" And we go like, <laughs> "Really?" <Yeah. laughs> Talk about somebody who who won the humility award and wears it on his forehead. <laughs> That's okay, wild. enough of that. There you go. I wanted to, uh, <laughs> we, we were just talking you about. You know who you are. About uh, people, you know, fessing up, eating crow, as you were saying. I, I have a caller on the line. Yeah. Who, who wants to confess oh, something. So I'm going to go to Chris. Hi, Chris, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, I can't believe you're letting me do this. John, I have to, <laughs> I have to apologize to you. Back in 1981, a bunch of us. We're on a senior trip down to Disney in Florida. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were you were sitting on the lawn in front of I guess it was Snow White's castle with a bunch of girls sitting around you and you were playing a guitar and you were singing to them. Yes. There was a big there was a big wrought iron fence keeping everybody off the lawn while you were doing what you were doing with these girls. The girl I was walking with wanted your picture so bad she was crying and screaming and shaking she couldn't get your attention. I said, "Get your camera ready." Why? What are you going to do? Get your camera ready. <laughs> said, get your camera up, and I yell, "Yo, asshole!" And everybody looked at me, including you, and the girl yelled at me for calling you an a-hole instead of taking your picture. So, I want to apologize to you for that. (laughs) You don't remember that, do you? Oh, my God. No, I remember that Ricky Schroeder was on that show, too. Yeah, no, I remember. Because we were we were actually filming a television show. I wasn't. You, you made it sound like I just was like picking up chicks at Cinderella's castle. You were cruising Disney. That's okay. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get your picture. That's. Uh, but what a great story. What a great reason and not to get your picture. Well, Chris at least apologized. Yeah. Thank cool. you for that. You've I appreciate it. You may today. you may digest the crow and go with yeah. God. Um, so, I, getting back to uh, contests and, and game shows, there was a show that I think you would be great for. Uh, called the Masked Singer. I don't know if you saw the first season of that. I think, on uh, Fox. yeah, I think I think they asked me to do that. I was touring. Okay, but uh, I'd love to do that show. That was I couldn't believe how much I loved it when I saw the commercials. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this one out for a spin, and then I was I was hooked. It seems like a great idea. Yeah, yeah it seemed like a great idea to me. I'd love to love to do that show. Just but just, now people know. Speaking of the music, speaking, <laughs> yes, they know the damn secret now. You can't do it. You're uh, doing a little research on the music stuff. Uh, you you actually you've you've done well in the in the music industry in the country music industry. I read a, I read an article in Billboard that said of all the TV you know thinking about yeah. TV guys who then sing you know they don't 
think right. about it the way. Um, as far as charting and as far as sales and as far as number of records, I, uh, I, I'm like, I beat everybody today. And death. consistently. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is pretty cool. Well, you know, I love music. Yeah. You know, I don't. I didn't. I didn't take up music because I thought it would hey, be cool after Dukes of Hazard to do music. It was like we said. It was going back to my real love of music, and I think people can tell. You know, they can tell when you're when you're lying, and they can tell when you absolutely are head over heels in love with what you're doing. And I love playing music, right? And uh, and and the music that I pick, I I co-write some of the stuff, but but uh, I don't write all this music. I find it. And I'm really, really good at recognizing a great song, a great melody, and a great lyric because of my musical theater background. Uh, same thing with Wopat. Um, I know a great lyric, not a good one. I know a great lyric and an exceptional lyric when I hear it. Yeah. Uh, You're John, holding your finger up. John's going to be You may use us. the restroom. Thank you. <laughs> tell us about this uh, project called the, the Odyssey. You had mentioned it earlier. Yeah, The Odyssey. We did uh, 52 songs and we released a song every Tuesday of 2018. Because uh, I've been out of music for a long, long time. So um, what the Odyssey Project is, it's songs, the older you get, the more I realize that, that things that feel good feel better and things that hurt, hurt more. <clears throat> so they're not songs about, like, casual love loss. They're songs about grief. They're songs about joy. They're songs about dreams. And and, uh, and it's just a great, it's a great album project. Uh, and a it's a lot of songs. Five, it's, it, it is. But uh, something that I was so delighted to hear, um, because I recognize a great lyric, I'm a, I'm a, uh, when I was working with MCA, I had uh, the number one songs and things, but the word on the street, come to find out, was that John really knows a great song when he hears it. Yeah, so, you, had a, you had an ear for it. So, yeah. yeah. So when, when Keith Stegall is writing a song or... or uh, uh, any number of amazing songwriters, they want me to hear their songs because a lot of times people hear a great song, especially, I don't want to rag on young artists, but young artists have a tendency to do more ditty kind of, you know, right. red solo cup song. Not that Toby's young. By any means. <laughs> he broke his song, How Do You Like Me Now, on Dukes of Hazard reunion movie. Oh. But there's a tendency to, oh. to skew kind of, uh, we used to call it ear candy. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of. We, we just had country. this talk. We, yeah, we, we just had this talk. About. Who, who do you? What do you consider? The, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot. The most lyrically perfect song. Um, because Miss Emily's picture. Huh. John Conley. John Conley had a song called Miss Emily's Picture. That or Bobby Braddock wrote a song called He Stopped Loving Her Today. Yeah, I know that song. I'm great, that great song. song. Yeah, sure. Uh, we, we, the, the Heart of the Matter, I think, the Don Henley Heart song. Heart of the Matter? I oh, think. gosh, yeah, yeah. They're just talking about plainly written of any, Okay, of any, it, any songs. Of words, in the, it just conveys the message and just does it brilliantly. I have to say I love you in a song. Oh, oh wow. Jim Croce. Jim Croce, yeah. yeah. Time in a Bottle. Brilliant. Yes. You know, it's hard. Uh, uh, oh, very young. Cat Stevens. That's a, yeah. Cat Stevens had a whole bunch of yeah, them. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah. O- outside of the of the country world. Yeah. Those are those are great, great. <laughs> yeah, we had talked about Center that. of the mind. It was uh, Tom Petty. I won't back down. That we were talking the, about just. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I won't back down. Just says, says it plainly right there. It's right. It's, it's yeah. right there. Yeah. You go and uh, come with us and find the pleasures of the journey to the center of the mind. Come along if you care. Come along if you dare. Wow. Come along to the landing side of your mind. This is Ted Nugent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The Amboy yeah. Dukes. Yeah. You know, so again, That's good lyrics, stuff. lyrics, lyrics, lyrics. You know, yeah. What are they? It's not just. So when 
when I have songs like that in my soul, right? Uh, when I have uh, uh, "God Bless the Child" as uh. my and the David Clayton Thomas version of that, as far as what a country blues—you know—I'm talking about grief, talk about joy. That's the kind of lyric that comes to my mind. So when I hear something, it's got to be that. So that what I found out is that the songwriters in Nashville, who were still there, uh, knew that when they heard I was going to come back and do some music, it was like, oh, great, somebody is finally going to say, man, I love that song that's been overlooked. Yeah. So that's what I asked the songwriters. I said, hey, play me that song that you knew was a smash hit as soon as you wrote it. You know, play me your live like you're dying. That's a great country song. Uh, and we're going to do one album. And so many people gave us so many great songs. And I probably listened to 1,200 songs, and we did 52. They're great songs. They're unbelievable. I hear one, one lyric. I could lose my vision, my eyes no longer see. I could lose my religion and my struggle to believe. That would be a loss. That would be a cross. I'd somehow rise above. But heaven help me if I ever lose your love. Mm-hmm. That's Chuck great. Cannon. I love Chuck it. Cannon. Yeah. That's great. So, you know who he used to do, uh, who was very, uh, sort of in the same way, because I'm, I'm on a big Sinatra kick now, but Sinatra was not the songwriter, but he always had a massive love for the songwriter. Yes, sure. And in concert would always credit the songwriter yep. and arranger. Yep. It was very important to him to give the due respect to the creators of the music. Tony Bennett was that way, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, without the songwriters, we've, we've got nothing. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people will... will uh, well, they won't really, they won't say, hey, I wrote this. Well, Barry Manilow did not write, I write the songs, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That, that he wrote, crazy. get a bucket of chicken. <laughs> you know. But, uh, <laughs> he did. He wrote a whole bunch of jingles. He did. He wrote, <laughs> but, yeah, he you should, I think song. you should give the songwriters credit. <laughs> yeah. I think you should give the people the credit that uh, that write the words you speak on film, too. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you have the opportunity, you know, say, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Jack Nicholson that said, by, by the way, man, these aren't my words <laughs> or my shoes. <laughs> I show up and do what they tell me. All right. <laughs> John Schneider is going to be at uh, Sellersville. Where? Where is he? Sellersville He's out there Theater in the parking lot. <laughs> I, we have to wrap the interview up, but I did want to ask you a, a Duke's question real quick. Okay. I, I've been dying to know this. Did you ever at any point in time ride with the stunt guys when the when the uh, General Lee would jump something? Were you I ever d- in it for one of those? Well, ever is an interesting word. Okay. When we were doing the show, no, I never jumped the car. I of course drove not. It. They don't want their star to, to get hurt. Get yeah. killed. Get yeah. killed or, yeah. or worse. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <Right>. Delayed. <laughs> you did drive. Killed man. is insurable. Yeah. <laughs> Delayed, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, when we did the show, I did a lot of the driving, but I actually, we do a thing at, at uh, Alicia and I have a studio in Louisiana film studio. Right. We do a thing for my birthday called Bo's Extravaganza. <laughs> and just this last April, on my birthday is the 8th, but on the 7th, the day before my birthday, Sunday, I jumped the General Lee for the first time. Wow. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. I jumped the General Lee about 100 feet. I'm going to jump it further next year. Yeah. Should I make it that far? Is it pretty terrifying um, or No, cool? no. My, yeah. my stunt coordinator was my one of my stunt doubles. I did all his dialogue on Dukes. And uh, he's the guy... Yeah, it'll, it'll, I got it'll it. make sense. I got it. I like He's that. the guy that uh, that has done the the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. So oh, he's, right. he's that guy. He knows wow. his stuff. So he knows his stuff. 
Excuse me, I felt perfectly safe, and I, okay. I went as fast as he told me to go and aimed where, you know, it's kind of like reading a drive. That's he said, you know, awesome. when you hit the ramp, you're not going to be able to see in front of you, so aim for that tree over there. <laughs> okay. You know, so I did just what he said, and it was fine. It was over before before I knew it had even happened. Yeah. And uh, But we used that jump in uh, Christmas cars, and next Wednesday we've got... Two stunt guys coming in. One is the son of the guy that jumped the first General Lee. Wow. His name is Gary Baxley. His son's name is Hunter. He's going to jump our our Uncle Denver. I play Uncle Denver in honor of Denver Pyle in this movie. He's going to jump the pickup truck, and then this other guy's going to jump a uh, charger. Oh, there's me right there. Jump. That's, that's me in that awesome. car. Yeah, dude, that's that's awesome. not some stunt fool. That's me. I'm a fool. <laughs> in that car. So we're going to jump two vehicles next week, and that'll put the bow, pun intended, the bow on Christmas cars. uh, (laughs) And it'll be out on what we call Orange Friday, not Black Friday. It's Orange Friday in honor of the General Lee. You can only get it at johnschneiderstudios.com. Make it easy on yourself. Get the app. It's called John Schneider. Never get lost in a parking lot again. <laughs> get the John Schneider app. Come out to the show. What's the yeah, name of the theater? The I'm so Seller, excited. To... Sellersville it's Theater. A beautiful Sellersville Theater. theater. I hear the base. sound system is wonderful there, yeah. and that's what I'm really excited Everyone about. Everyone loves it. Yep, it's and we have place. the whole band. We're going we're gonna to do some great, great uh, Southern rock, some great, uh, but no covers. We, if you recognize a song, it means it was mine. Okay. Ah. And you right. probably didn't know it. You go, oh, man, I love that song. When did you do it? No, that's mine, dude. It's my song. <laughs> Get out. But no, no, you're the st- You're like, sometimes when we took... No, no. No. No, you're the Jesse's girl. No, no. No. That's not me. No. I'm not Jack Wagner. Oh, oh, wow. Remember Jack? Yeah. yeah. I remember Yikes. all those guys. Or David Yikes. Soul. David or, Soul. You know, yeah. Yeah. Great Pink song, soup. but yeah, no, I'm not yeah. that. Yeah. You're I not- had a bunch of songs. No so. Hasselhoff, man. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's I'm very hey. proud of that. I know David Hasselhoff. Uh, it has been a real joy to meet you, John. Thank you for David, being I here. love you, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks thank so you. Much. Thank you very much. John you know, Kit's always yeah. number two at best. Thank you, folks. Sellersville Theater. Yeah. We'll take a break. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Totally Office Calendar 2020. Shot on location at the Met, Philadelphia. 12 magnificent months featuring the most gorgeous girls and our loveliest listeners. On sale now for just 15 bucks in the MMR Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Order by this Friday to have it in time for the holidays or get your hands on a free copy at an upcoming calendar raid while meeting the girls and members of the show. Details at WMMR.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest played the MMR before. Yes, they have. Which is pretty cool. We're excited to have him here in the studio. Please welcome Matt and Mike from Dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Good morning, gentlemen. They're uh, they're not coming up on here at all. So one moment while we try to configure, because you said good morning and very friendly at that. But hang and on, we'll a validate that. We'll verify that. Because yes, it's been verified. And uh, right now, I'm just killing time right. while Casey Listen. is dialing through to get this wired. It's in. just amping up the excitement until we eventually hear their voices. I tell you what, take another break. No, we're not going to take a break. <laughs> no, we're professionals. We'll just sing. But we, okay. <laughs> we'll sing the song. <laughs> There you go. That's my that's my dinosaur pile up. I wish I could hear what you were saying, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. 
Hey, why don't we just move them over here? Move them over here yeah, while we let's, try let's to just, well, well, Let's at least talk Christ. to you guys. We'll try to get this stuff worked out so we can at least have a conversation. If you guys don't mind, you can set your instrument Come down. Right. And if you could change your clothes, some new outfits would be nice. <laughs> Dude, I dig Matt's shirt, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's really cool. I really yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. I, I want to get one. So hang on. Let's... Uh, Mike's Hello. Up. There's Mike. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yep. Hey. Now, now you're good. How hey, you doing? Hey. Am I here? Yeah, you're yes. there. Hey, I'm just trying to build suspense, you know? Yeah. That's it. Hey. It's exciting. We're just ha- happy to hear you now. Yeah. yeah, Matt, I like your shirt, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, that's, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I, like, I get a lot of love for this shirt, which... Uh, Lateral you know, stripes. You look like yeah. a cartoon character. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, listen, yeah, welcome to Philadelphia. Thank you very much for having us. We're stoked to be here. Good to have you guys back yeah. in town. Um, you guys are a great band. Thank you. You're Thank just you. a solid rock band. You know, when, when you try to describe to people uh, music that you hear, and uh, oh, yeah, I'm not familiar with them. What do they sound like? And... Uh, the best thing I can come up with is just a straight-ahead rock band. Yeah, we always struggle with that. Yeah? Like, how do we describe ourselves? Like, alt-rock. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to sometimes, like, when we're trying to pick tours and stuff, it's, it's hard to find bands that we're, like, akin to, I guess, because sometimes we feel like, we, like, weirdly, people aren't doing so much of what we're doing now, you know? Like, yeah. Just kind of, like, big rock songs that, that, yeah. that are fun and have big riffs, but they're sing-along and, you know... Sometimes we struggle to, like, who's, who's doing that these days? It's yeah. a weird thing because, um, you know, the, the delineation between what is all rock and rock yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's it, you know, it, it's really kind of what, what people at a whim will classify you as. Yeah. Because it, it, it goes across all boundaries. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, but we are noticing, and we've talked about this recently, you know, it seems that there is a resurgence in, in a more um, organic, visceral rock sound mm-hmm. which is really good coming from artists such as yourselves you know with a, a you know with a sense of purpose and so on and so forth I, I think it bodes well you know things are very cyclical in music yeah. you know yeah i think rock is coming back into its own and, yeah. and being driven by guys like you do you feel that yeah totally i mean it's been a weird one for us because we we've just been doing what we've been doing right for ages like just because that's what we wanted to do so it feels amazing that we've come out and released this record which is our fourth record um and it's kind of having such a positive positive connection like people are kind of getting into that right which is really encouraging for us and a lot of people are saying to us like in interviews and fans and stuff like yeah we feel like the rock thing is it's coming back around and i guess we're just like well yeah i mean that's great that's great news (laughs) for us (laughs) do you know what i perceive it as it's it's like there's there's a highway and you get on the highway and then there's another band that's sort of rock and you're just doing what you're doing you're just driving but it just seems like there's more people more bands populating it that have that sort of sound and i guess that's what it's like but for you it's well this is what we're doing it's just what we're doing and and, and like that you know we we kind of pride ourselves in on doing what we want to do like and having integrity as a band and you know we we just we love what we do we really believe in it we love big rock songs that you can sing along to and right. have fun to. I'm just stuff. glad we canned that trap album that we were <laughs> yeah. 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 It would have been a disaster, yeah. yeah. All so right, hang, dubstep. Hang on a second. Casey, yeah. test the microphone. Can you hear me? It's Yay! Right. All right. Should we move him back over there? Because oh, we're, we're going to get a right. <laughs> musical chest. Yeah, listen, I'm sorry. For, uh, sorry about this, guys. But th- this way we can, uh, we can get an optimum mix when you're going to perform. So we're going to move them back over to what we call 
the Preston to see concert carpet. Yeah. Because we is. don't have a stage. But we just have a little different colored carpet in the corner over there. So that's our concert carp- carpet area. Honestly, it is a uh, it is a very celebrated carpet. It used that to be been sponsored. Pro- it used to be sponsored, the yes. concert carpet. You remember that? It was uh, the Amstel concert carpet. <laughs> Preston, actually, it is elevated by 1.1 millimeters. Oh, so, fabric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The fabric is thicker. Okay, can you guys hear us in your headphones over yeah, there? I can hear you. You sound great. Beautiful. Right. Thank you. Really, really, really great. All right, so, um, you know, you had mentioned, Matt, the, the, the new album. This is your fourth album. It's called Celebrity Mansions. It is. Uh, we've been playing uh, Backfoot, which is a great song. But I wanted to ask about the title track, because uh, I think it's a really fun song. Celebrity Mansions. Yeah, Celebrity yeah. Mansions. And we're, we're obsessed with the, the, the people that, I, I've said this before, when you drive by a house... And it's just massive, and you just want to say, "What do you do? Yeah. How the yeah. hell? Who owns that? Who owns that yeah. house? How do you get it?" But I, the there's some great lyrics in that particular song yeah. about I think what is it? The uh, Instagram chicks make yeah. more than I ever will yeah. for mm-hmm. my entire life. Yeah. What what is that? What's the song all about? Because it it seems to have a positive message to it that. If I hang in there, if I keep working hard, I'm eventually... I may not get the, the gigantic celebrity mansion that I'm looking at, but mm-hmm. I, I will do as good as I can, you know? Yeah, I mean, so that song, we were uh, touring uh, hard when I wrote that song, and we would bought an RV. We bought this banged-out RV. Um, it was trashed, and it, it was, you know, <laughs> we lived in that for a couple of months. It was cheaper for us to buy that RV and, and tour in that for three or four tours than, than try and do the hotel thing and the van thing. So we were living in this this banged out RV and doing these long US tours and they were great like we were loving what we were doing but that's a hard grind like living like that and you know doing that on no money and stuff whilst the whole the whole time you're kind of seeing this feed of success and these like perfect lives of, of people just having this like huge success seemingly really easily and we were kind of like uh i guess internally sort of taking that in and being like oh damn like what you know what are we doing yeah right right yeah you know you start to like we've been a band for a long time and you know like i said we really believe in what we do but when you're seeing that kind of uh that sort of change in other people's lives and you're still grinding and, and no one's noticing yeah the whole thing starts to like an influencer, like someone who may, yeah. who just simply holds up a pro. I mean, but yeah. but you you get it. But you also tend to think that that's a little bit more ephemeral than something like, um, you know, somebody's not going to say, "Well, man, remember years ago when you endorsed their product? That was awesome." Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. they will be humming your songs. Yeah. You know, so that has that adds a little bit more longevity to your footprint. Yeah. You know. I mean, we're not hating on it on anyone. No, like, but it can be frustrating, right? Yeah. 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 Like I, I'm not. This is honest. Not, yeah, I'm not putting anyone down for doing what they do. In fact, I'm stoked that people that now can can have that opportunity yeah and like more power to them it's just i guess when you're making something that that you really uh believe in like i said and that i that i think like, i think music has huge uh um you know value on a kind of higher level like sometimes sometimes these days i'm like well do people value that anymore and that can i can make it all kind of weird right. but anyway long story short that's what i wrote celebrity mansions about. okay nice. <laughs> i always love the 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 derivation of your of your name in general it comes from the uh the peter jackson king Kong. it does yeah and, and, and there are many scenes in that movie that movie is I, I love peter jackson but that movie is so overwrought in many yeah. and and many uh, there are many scenes where it looks like a dinosaur rave going on yeah. where there's just yeah. <laughs> there, there's many pile-ups yeah and uh you know it's just one of those weird things but it's too broken to mend, so I'm going round the bend. 
Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent, man. Thank you guys for coming by here today. We appreciate it. Love yeah. your band Thanks, and man. continued success. Thank you for having us. You bet, man. Matt and Mike. Yeah. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Right, we'll start with this story of a very large shark. Was a, a very large shark. Very large shark. Was spotted circling a group of four people as they tried to escape a boat that had just burst into flames in Sydney, Australia. Of uh, course. The group saw smoke coming from the engine room of the 34-foot luxury mar- uh, mariner as it floated near Watson's Bay. They quickly put on their life jackets and they contacted NSW Maritime as the flames began to overtake the boat. A rescue team was dispatched, but the group were forced to jump into the water before they arrived as the fiberglass boat was almost completely engulfed. So here you go. Burn to death or jump into shark-infested shark waters? Uh, so the... According to the director of the NSW Maritime, Roger Weeks, said our boating safety officer and the men rescued actually saw very large sharks swimming past. He described the rescue as a miracle, explaining that the blaze appears to have been caused by an electrical fault in the engine compartment. Uh, and he commended the group for immediately contacting the authorities, putting their life jackets on, and jumping into the water. They weren't. Well, well, well. Yeah, looky here. Looky here. <laughs> Barbecue. This is just not your day. A man is facing charges for exposing and touching himself in public for the second time in one week. Well, now he ha- now he's getting it right. Jason Teets uh, ah. was first arrested January. Maybe I understand why he's doing it. Uh, January 9th, following his incident at the Hotel Zamora in my, my name is Teets on St. Pete Beach. Uh, police said Teets was found naked and touching himself at the hotel's rooftop lounge. He was arrested and bonded out shortly after. Great place, huh? Police said Teets was caught again on Saturday, this time on Clearwater Beach. Mr. Teets, would you please stop spanking it? According to an arrest report, five young girls spotted Teets pleasuring himself near the cabanas in front of the Hyatt Regency Hotel. So the girls told a cabana boy, 17-year-old Tyler Bauer. What am I supposed to do? uh, Bauer tried to apologize. I'm sorry, tried to approach Teets uh, to see what was happening. I'm so sorry. I see you're busy. (laughs) Would you mind stopping that? (laughs) Mr. Teeth. I am an authorized cabana boy. Uh, he said he just kind of walked off, and when I followed him and yelled, get back here, you're not going to get away with what you just did, the teen chased the suspect into a nearby parking garage where he and a, fr- a few good Samaritans were able to hold on to Teeth. Why, Mr. Uh, Teeth, you're beautiful. Until police arrived. Uh, police responded and took Teeth into custody. He now faces several felonies, including lewd and lascivious. This is my brother, Mr. Nips. <laughs> Different dad. <laughs> exactly. Arrest records show that uh, Teets is actually facing similar charges in South Dakota as well. Um, He's a busy man. 
Spanking around in South Dakota and then all the way down Spanking to Florida. In Dakota. Yeah. All right, and then one last story. You saw this yesterday. A colossal disk of ice that looked like something from out of this world formed on a river in Maine earlier this week. It actually looks like a lunar photograph. Yeah. The city of Westbrook, Maine, shared amazing images on Monday of a giant frozen disk that formed on the uh, Presumpscot River. Look at this, Kathy. A web, oh, yes, I saw this. A web developer's uh, a web developer's company has an office overlooking the river where the disc formed. Estimates the disc could be 300 feet in diameter and rotating counterclockwise. Uh, Doug Bertelsman said it kind of looks like a crop circle. It's pretty wild. It looks like a crop circle over there. The f- this guy. I ain't never seen nothing like that. This uh, is a still photo, though. But if you see the video, it's it, spinning like it's, a spinning disc. Yes, it sure is. Uh, the photos show the ice disc uh, <laughs> and to be larger than a nearby multi-story parking garage. Uh, Matt Battle, an associate pres- professor of physics at uh, Bowden College, said that... Uh, you know what? I think that's larger than the parking garage. He said, I've never seen it. <laughs> that's what I think. I've never seen anything that's like it. probably smaller than like the Houston Astrodome. Uh, he said, it's definitely not being caused by the uh, Coriolis force. Yeah, they're, I'm... they're from the Transformers. No, that's what objects experience because of oh. the Earth's rotation. Uh, he said, "It's marvel- it looks marvelous. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, the ice disc does not appear to be going up or downstream at this time, and it could get bigger as more ice forms. Well, the funny, th- I, you can see there's a curve in the topography there that um, th- where it helped form it, but it it, it is rotating slowly. Uh, it, it it is worth looking at. I know it sounds dumb, but it's pretty amazing. It looks almost perfectly." S- yeah. circular, so, uh, but anyhow, the it's city thing I ever saw. posted a drone video of the ice disc on its Facebook page, and that's what I have in the Bizarre File for you at this point in time. MMR's Day Off on the Slopes at Jack Frost Mountain, Friday, January 10th. Look out Celebrate winter with the best lift ticket deal out there, along with a Pierre Robert live broadcast and a legendary happy hour with Jackson, live from E2000 Lounge. Listen up. There's still time to save money on your lift tickets. Ski the day with us for $20 through our pre-sale. Available while supplies last or until noon on January 8th. WMMR.com has all the details. MMR's Day Off on the Slopes. Sip, ski, and be merry. Friday, January 10th at Jack Frost Mountain from JFBB. Where the snow comes first. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. A few weeks ago, we had uh, Cindy Williams and Dee Dee Kahn stop by our studio. They were performing in uh, Middletown at the Bucks County Playhouse. Yes. And we had such a great time with them. And we found out, starring in the same show was another person that we've wanted to get in our studio for years. And we said, could you put a good word in? Tell them we're okay, guys. And sure enough, he's here before us. And sitting to my left, ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Zemet. Yeah. Adrian Smed, I thought he was dead. <laughs> oh my God! We're not kidding. Uh, we, he, here. We've been talking about you forever, right, Preston? Uh, we have. We absolutely have. We, we are fans. Has anybody ever said to you, "I thought you were dead"? Before though, <laughs> that's a slight insult. 
<laughs> well, actually, there was an episode of The Simpsons where I was the, uh, in a, a, one of their musical numbers, uh-huh. and I popped out of a coffin saying, and I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's something about you ever oh, since, and I, I've honestly, we, we've loved so much of, of what you've done, but you've always had fun with your own image, which is an endearing quality. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you know, you. like it's, I mean, you're, like, right from the get-go, even for Christ's sake on TJ Hooker, which sort of put you on on the map, you, you, you there was always sort of a knowing, fun aspect of that, you know. And Shatner, of course, is was has always been great at that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> know knowing how to play it both ways with a wink. Yeah, and uh, and and so throughout your career, but here you are in this in this play, and again, uh, Middletown, uh, and it's 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 two couples, and uh, they're they're sort of it, there's some comedy, there's some. Some sadness, but it's just, it's the way they've yeah. grown over the years. What drew you to this? The, exactly that. Um, yeah. I'm used to, you know, I, I've been through this, the, the Eastern Seaboard so many times with musicals. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm used to just uh, being drenched in sweat by the end of the show and, and doing it. And then I, I read this play and it was such a, a simple play. It, it's just about two couples who have dinner every Friday night for 33 years. Right. They're best friends. And it's they're normal people, and life happens to them. Mm-hmm. And it truly is a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, we suck you in by uh, all, our, all our little charming quirks that the couples have and everything, and then life happens. There are tragedies in life that you have to deal with, uh, relationship problems with uh, your spouse uh, and everything. But there is a... An incredible message. There are so many messages in this uh, in this piece. I think it's a very important piece because we deal with a lot of social problems. Mm-hmm. And my God, we're we're having that problem today, aren't we? Well, yeah. and I, I thought we have come a long way, but maybe we haven't. It's it's good to revisit and remember, and yeah. and also just remember what sort of unifies us. And I get the feeling that this is uh, this exposes a lot of things that bring us all together. Yeah, because we. They're, 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 it, Many playwrights have said, David Mamet said, you know, the, the play that's happening in the house next to yours is as, you know, riveting as anything yeah. you'll see on Broadway. It's, yeah. it's just, it's the nature of, yeah. of life. And what what is the, the great fascinating thing about this this play is is that uh, the words speak for themselves. Yeah. Uh, we actually, uh, there's there's a play called Love Letters, if anybody knows about it. Yeah, I do, yeah. People, the two actors just sit at a table and read these letters. Uh, we're actually reading from the script the, the entire night, and after the first few minutes, nobody even pays attention that we're reading it uh, out of the scripts because we really get caught up in it. Da- Dan Clancy wrote a brilliant script, and that's why this play is so good. Okay. So, so we, again, we're unabashed fans of yours going back throughout uh, your history. So let's go back to the beginning. You were in high school. You wanted to be uh, in sports. You got yeah. injured. You yeah. got into musicals. Yeah, I literally broke my leg. <laughs> you're yeah, very, to get very, into show business. Very dangerous <laughs> injury. You're, you're uh, severed an artery, right? Or, or yeah, I had a compound fracture, and uh, uh, I had about three or four operations just to straighten the leg out uh-huh. uh, uh, and everything. It was pretty bad. In fact, um, <laughs> you guys have done your homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talked about this in a long time. Uh, they were actually going to, they actually wanted my, my father to uh, sign on and mom to sign a, 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 you know, a release that they may have to amputate. Oh, my, my God. Leg. Uh, it was so bad, wow. and my father wouldn't do it. No, uh, being from the old country, he didn't trust doctors. So. Yeah. It's a Romanian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you do that? You do Guys and Dolls at, uh, in high school, right? Yeah, I did. That was the first show that I did, and I said, 
hey, I'm good at this. And you fell in love with it. And that was it. Uh, you know, I said, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> my father was almost disowned me. But <laughs> <laughs> that must be hard because, I mean, you know, when especially, you know, the, apparently from what I understand, like a, a regular... Yeah work ethic, a solid work ethic, when you say you want to go do something like that and as as risky as entertainment, how tough a sell was that? And did you just have to say, I'm going to go do this and that's it? Well, I'm, I'm actually first generation Romanian. So yeah. my family came, you know, to America to for their kids to, you know, yeah. be doctors and lawyers. And I come up to my dad and say, I'm going to be an actor. And right. it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the funny, funny thing about him is I won him over. I, I literally out of acting school, I got one of the last national tours of the original Greece. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, uh, we were playing in sh- my hometown of Chicago. You were playing Zuko. Yeah, I was playing Danny, and uh, we were going into a very big theater into Chicago, and there was no and, and nobody really knew very much about Greece at that time. Right. The movie had not come out uh, yet. Uh, it was just a, a hit on Broadway, and you know there were a few national tours. So the company manager said, "Look, we're having a lot of trouble with this uh, opening night. We're going to paper the house. Tell your dad that he, you can ha- invite the entire congregation." Mm-hmm. So, oh man, that's a prof- oh I, I didn't I didn't mention that my father was a, is a priest an, <laughs> oh, a, an Orthodox priest <laughs> right they and, can get married and or, Greece is Eastern very, Orthodox priests can get married yeah. Greece is very profane <laughs> the, the, oh God yeah <laughs> yeah the stage Are you show kidding? Yeah. I'm doing giving the finger on the show and it's like you know the original Greece was not meant for kids it was meant for adults <laughs> looking back on their lives in right. high school uh, so he brings down the conversation so I, there were like you know 500 uh, you know uh, Romanian people screaming and yelling and they had their uh, gypsy violins and they were going <laughs> you know, singing the act every time i came out it was there was a big cheer it was then that they, uh, my father was won over and he okay you know kind of although he didn't understand when i ended up getting uh, television and film when i i was doing tj hooker <laughs> he 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 didn't really understand what what that was all about so he says you you work for one hour. What you do rest of week? <laughs> great. You are bum. Yeah. That's a good question. Not yeah. realizing. <laughs> going going to your your television career. Steve had reminded me a a part of your career that I I had forgotten about. But you were the host of Dance Fever. Yes, I was. You took over after Denny Terrio yep. was gone. Yeah, and uh, that was a blast. It I, had to have been right. Yeah, I I at that time you know there. There weren't that many opportunities to do music, music and, and television uh, in the eighties, and uh, I had done Grease two at that point, uh, and all. But I was a song and dance man originally uh, on Broadway, and uh, it was a syndicated um, show, and it was yeah. it was actually yeah. huge. It, 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 it was monstrous, it, it yeah. Did, yeah. and it was well, yeah. it predated Kathy all of these uh, dance judge shows. You had, yeah, quote, unquote, like the yeah the earlier time of that, yeah. right? And it was yeah. there was nothing like it. And you had a motion, I think, was the backup group, right? That right. Dance, would dance with you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Wayne Gretzky's uh, wife, uh, Janet Jones, was uh, one of one of the the, what? the girls. She's one of the dancers. Yeah. Motion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, there you go. You've got you've got a video. <laughs> We're watching the yeah. video of it. It's a dirty job, but somebody had to do. How about oh. that mullet? Huh? Look at that hair. <laughs> Adrian, huh? dude, you may have just taken the crown as the greatest yeah. mullet ever. Yeah. I, I, I oh, even yeah. liked you on this show, and, and I, I was not. I'm like I, there's, I hated Denny Terrio. However, I loved you oh, on the show. So, thanks I, a lot. Uh, Adrian Zemed's doing this. Then I'm going to watch. 
Yeah, I, I look back on some of this stuff and the... <laughs> what were we thinking in the 80s? I know. I mean, some I of the outfits that they even put me in, I, I was in spandex. <laughs> oh, it's all coming back, though. It was just... Uh, yeah. It was a time where everyone looks and goes, what were we I know. thinking? Listen, it's coming I, back, though. I had, not like that. Adrian, Although I just cut my mullet off last week. So. <laughs> Listen, I, I had a world-class mullet in the 80s as well, and I always justify that by... Okay, so did David Bowie, so did Bono, some of the coolest people on the planet had yeah. that style at the time. We were all we under were that all bizarre influence. Yeah, so, absolutely. We were all know. doing it. And I, <laughs> while I was doing TJ Hooker, I was still trying to grow a, mu- a mullet and uh, and everything. And Aaron Spelling would, would always yell at me. I was our boss on, on yeah. that. You had some rocking ass hair on TJ Hooker. <laughs> yeah. And also, you, you did it for a lot me. A lot of hair for a cop, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you and Heather Locklear with massive yeah. manes of, of hair. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, the, you did a thing for me TV, and it was true because on on uh, TJ oh, Hooker, you, you were constantly that? with your shirt off, <laughs> and it was. Yeah. And so, uh, was there sort of a thing written into your your deal, or did you did they, every episode have at least one post workout scene where you were? Shirtless. Because you're always in good shape. You know the funny, I I got into this business because I wanted to be an actor. Right. (laughs) That's it. I ain't ever even wanted to do television and film. I just wanted to work in theater. That's all I ever wanted to do. And then one thing happens and then you're just whisked away and suddenly you're in Hollywood and you're you're doing all this stuff. You're a good looking guy though. You're photogenic so I'm sure that that worked in your favor, right? (laughs) Of course it did. But all I really wanted to do was have good acting roles and whatever. And, uh, you know, when... I was the when I arrived in Hollywood. I was the poor man's John Travolta. There weren't a lot of guys who looked Italian and could dance really well. Right, right. Because I had been doing Broadway shows and stuff, so I got pigeonholed into this punky thing, and yeah. that's all I kept on doing is, is that stuff. And my man, my manager said, "Trust me, this will get you the roles that you want." And he was right. Yeah, because. Uh, when it, when I wasn't doing hunky things, I was looking for like TV movies with substance to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you did the, the, so it was a good balance. Well, Jesus, are, are, you're you're good friends with Bill Shat- William Shatner, right? Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, we're currently working on a few projects with his uh, his production company. Actually, we're uh, letting it out right now. We're actually thinking of bringing Hooker back. Oh, that in, in a comical way. That'd be awesome. Because uh, Bill is 88. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. did an SNL parody one time. That's a classic because he. He would always jump on the hood of a car during the show, <laughs> yeah. and there, it's like a cross-country chase. Where I think Dana Carvey played your character. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the funny thing about it is, is that when we did Hooker, Bill, Bill pretty much did push the envelope on asking for ridiculous things yeah. for, for Hooker to do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had like technical advisors from LAPD there, and, and he said, look, no, no, no I, I got this idea. I got this idea. How about I just, I just run over to the helicopter, and as it's going up, I just grab onto the rung of the helicopter, and as when we're up in the air, I take my gun out and I go, "Bring it down!" <laughs> <laughs> and the, the TA standing there, going, "Nobody would ever do that." <laughs> no, trust me, trust me. This, this is going to be exciting, and the audience is going to love it. And he would do stuff like that all the time, and it was like, "Oh, here we go again." Oh, oh that's great. The, uh, the '80s were a different time, you know. It they really ever, were. Did you ever see the 1987 National Aerobic Champion uh, ships brought to you by Crystal Light that were hosted by Alan Thick? Yes, yes, yes. I... Okay. Uh, the reason I bring it up is that watching the dance um, stuff, it, it sort of reminded me of that because they had these aerobic stuff going on in the background. Did you ever take a gig like that and immediately regret it, or look back on it a few years <laughs> later and regret it? Uh, 
There are a lot. Because <laughs> you're you know, a working actor, but you also yeah, got to pay the bills and pay the rent. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, like, when I, again, I, when I became an actor, I wanted to cure cancer with my acting. Right. But yeah. it ended, I ended up doing musicals, and there's very few musicals you can cure cancer with. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, none come to mind. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I ended up doing, quite, like, again, these silly, hunky roles and everything. But then, you know, then you keep on doing them. Back in the day, now... We have likes and how many followers you have, right. like on Facebook. Back in the day, in the eighties, before the internet and everything, there was a Q rating. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like uh, the Q rating it would say, "Okay, how many actors do we have that has a eighty Q rating and this and that?" Okay, we're going to bring him in, bring him in, bring him in to pair with the lady who has this Q rating and stuff like that. So you're a victim of the system at that time, uh, and all you can do is just hope and pray that you can get the decent scripts. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Adrian Zemet is here. Uh, a lot of people texting in about various parts of your career since we're talking about that, Adrian. And somebody, the top text here says, poor man's Travolta, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> he made Bachelor Party, uh, which is an absolute, it's it's one of my favorite films. And you Wait. have one of the best lines in the movie. I think personally, me and my friends still say it from time to time. When the When the moment is right, I only have a part of it. But you're talking to Tom Hanks' character, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you probably know what I'm going to refer drunken to. Drunken guys, dr- drunken college kids come up to me all the time and say, say it, man. <laughs> <laughs> say it. So you're like, I, I wish you know, somebody I could love. Tom, and, Tom was jealous that I had all the quotable lines yeah. in the show. I mean, I, I know which one you're, you're going to bring up, but I had several. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had uh, several I'll just play the, the short part of the clip, which yeah. is this. Hey, look at that cans on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, yeah. you're telling him, a so- man, I really would love to have a relationship. I would love like- to have this relationship that you have, and someday I'll have kids and, and, and be happy, and hey, look at that cans on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, oh. honestly, you are so damn funny. Oh, that God. You know, in the opening sequence where you're the, <laughs> the photographer, photographer, the kid's photographer, this bus. Dusty Milf yeah. comes in, and people don't remember. I was reminding Preston this morning. You actually go over and you start to get in the picture, and yeah. you actually push the kid out of the way. <laughs> we put him down to go to sleep, <laughs> oh. and, and we're posing on a girl's breasts How? and everything like that. You know that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. it, Tom and I lived very close to each other. So, and and so we we, we lived in Studio City, and the the the, the uh, uh, sound stage that we were shooting this at was uh, in Culver City. So it was a Pretty good distance to go on the on the four hundred five freeway, and you so we been on bosom bosom buddies, right? Yes, yeah, yes, so yes. Know. I played Johnny Midnight, his right. his uh, boyhood friend from yeah. uh, from camp. So you knew him? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we so we carpool carpool to work because we go yeah. to in, in the carpool lane and everything. And as every day after we, you know, we get in the car and go, we're, our careers are over. <laughs> Are really over. What are we doing? Yeah, this, yeah. this is going to be terrible. Yeah. No. All we did was show up for thirteen hours a day and goof off. Yeah. yeah, almost nothing of what the script originally was was in there. We just ad libbed. We just goofed off, and and honestly, some of the funniest scenes in the movie never made it into the movie because we had gotten an X rating. It was rated X? It, it, yeah. It, it, wow. It, back then, the, the, the ratings uh, were a lot stiffer. I yeah. want to see and, that. And, 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 it pushed us over into an X, so they had to edit a lot of scenes. 
everything you saw, like in in in, in something about Mary, yeah. and, and stuff. We oh, did yeah. that. We did yeah. all that stuff. You know, t- fifteen years before that. I mean, there's a there's a horse scene. Where they, there's a horse. <laughs> a donkey show. Yeah. Donkey Let me show tell you about this. <laughs> yeah. The donkey. The donkey actually died. <gasps> what? what? They brought him back to life. No. <laughs> they literally. <laughs> They literally shot him (laughs) with some shot of something so for him to go, and then he keeled over. And his heart stopped. Oh, my God. And we've got all these people, these people, you know, there's like a hundred extras. Many of, you know, the girls are, are half naked and everything. We're all standing there going, oh, my God, they killed the donkey. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dear Lord, name, you resurrected a donkey, Adrian Samantha? And, and they did the, the whole adrenaline thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, they put yeah. the, the, oh my the God. in his heart and he came back. Because the donkey oh in the movie, is, yeah. is, and we're showing the scene, is is, is is lapping up a whole bunch of the drugs that are right. on the table. It's a snorting coke. Tony Alessandrini, that girl, she was one of the top uh, burlesque uh, in the country. uh, Thank you. I knew she was something special because I was a young man when I saw that. And uh, (laughs) dear Lord, she was one of the sexiest women I've ever seen. So the movie, the guys behind her, like uh, Pat Proft, who did the the Police Academy movies. Great guys. And uh, uh, Israel was, I can't forget the guy. Neil Israel. Right. These guys were doing all of that next wave of comedy that became iconic stuff to us. And, And this and Bachelor Party is at the forefront yeah. of. I mean, there is so much that is wrong in this movie. I'm sorry yeah. to hear all the laughing in the background, it's but this scene is playing scene. on our monitor right yeah. now. He literally like, snorted the donkey snorts <laughs> three lines of coke. Yeah, you definitely. It's, a, it's a real good kids movie. Yeah, it's a, I, I really. So you, you're thinking your career is over, yeah. but oh but no, no, no. And then, honestly, when we saw the first cut, it was like but Tom and I looked at each other. This is funny. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? Uh, is there any chance you could go back and re-release a director's cut by any chance, or is it too late? Back back then, they didn't save that kind of footage. Oh. Yeah. Now oh, now they do all the time. And they do it all they, the time yeah. because of everything they do. But honestly, there was one scene that was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> so we're 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 the. The bachelor, the party's not going very well. The hookers haven't showed up. We're we're sitting in the in the in the hotel room looking at a at a Shirley Temple movie, right? And it's just not going. The hookers well. go to the wrong right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I say, you know, Rick, let's let's go downstairs and get something to eat. I'm hungry. So we we get into the. Uh, I'm not going to do this. Say this on radio. This was cut. <laughs> He, I said, you know, sit in this booth. This is the best booth in the place. So he sits in there, and uh, all of a sudden you hear a zipper sound. <laughs> His eyes light up. Right. <laughs> There's a girl underneath who mm-hmm. is taking the, care of him. Going to give him a happy ending of <laughs> yeah, some, yes. some sort. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, saying my gift to you. Yeah. And we see the the minister <laughs> who's going to marry him walk into the restaurant <laughs> and go, Oh, father, over here. Come on, over here. <laughs> so he comes to the edge and he starts having a conversation with, with us and Tom's going, Oh Jesus. Oh mother of God. Oh mother Mary and Joseph. Oh, he's writhing and everything and and I say if he always says grace before he eats. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's great. He can't take up and runs out. And he says, Father, sit here. It's the best seat in the house. Oh. <laughs> Close up on his face, you hear the zipper sound, and he, his eyes go oh, up. That's like, great. Didn't make it in the movie. Oh, we wow. had offended everybody else. They didn't want to offend the Catholics. Oh, so. It's so now, freaking funny. You, you and Tom were friends. Uh, could you tell then what, what a talent he was oh, and yeah, what he was going to yeah. go on to And be. honestly, one of the nicest guys in the business. That's... Everything that's ever happened to him, he, de- he deserves every bit of it. He's a great, great guy. That's great. Very talented. Wow. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Tom was not originally cast in that role, and mm. neither was Tony Katane. Tony Katane was the it girl of the time, and she was those yeah. white snake videos. It predates, I think, you know the white who, snake yeah. video. Who was? Well, we shot one month with the other uh, cast. Who was it? Oh, no way. It was Paul Reiser. Really? And Kelly McGinnis. Oh, my goodness. Did yeah. they get fired? Well, the producers just felt there wasn't a chemistry going on to, yeah. uh, and everything. And uh, Tom, they had just seen uh, 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 a screening of Splash. Okay. Oh. And they, they said, we really need to get that guy uh, know, that's like, uh, for this. I couldn't even imagine. And Paul Reiser's talented, man, oh, but he's he, great. He, he was, just doesn't have the connection. He was very funny. Was he? He was very funny. Yeah. There just wasn't a chemistry uh, that was going that's on. That's happened before, Back to the Future. Eric yeah. Stoltz, was. Uh, they filmed for quite a while with him right. in the yeah. lead role. And, uh, and the scene where he falls and hits his head, that's Eric Stoltz's head. Uh, when he falls out of the tree, bonks his head on the... Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Eric Stoltz. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did not well, know that. It's uh, if, if you've never seen bachelor party and uh, it's it's worth going back for a visit a number of people also texting in asking if we're going to bowl tonight <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny i've, I've had the the great fortune uh and lucky to have two cult classic movies that are really they're, they're targeting completely different people <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, it's just really kind of kind of cool after all these years you know in in theater which is really my first love, and that's why I still do theater. I'd, right. If I'm going to be doing television and film, I'd rather be behind the camera these days. But if I'm going to act, I wa- I'd rather be on a stage. Because I Because that, that is the actor's medium. It's, yeah. it's electric. It's like a drug. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Grease 2, it, it was one of, an opportunity to put almost, it was my Danny Zuko that I put on film. Right, because yep. you weren't—you weren't. They had to create a—they yeah, created a, yeah, another yeah. character, which is basically Danny Zuko. Yeah, uh, and it was—it was a weird thing because you had uh, Grease comes out, you have Travolta's on a on a meteoric rise. You have Olivia Newton John. You have all these big stars yeah. in it, and then they go with Grease too, and they cast not unknowns, but 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 they actually did something really kind of. Uh, they were took a big chance. Yes, in what they did, uh, they did not. It was very unique what they did. They also created a they they created a musical that was never a proven hit on Broadway. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so none of these songs had had ever been heard. It didn't have a track record or any uh, anything. And a lot of people, you know, Grease One obviously was was a massive, a huge uh, um, uh, success. But Grease Two didn't actually do b- badly. It it, it, it in its uh, uh, theatrical release, it made about eighty to to a hundred million dollars. I, I watched uh, at it. that time, and people think that it wasn't as big a hit, but to the, today, yeah. it outrents and outsells Greece. One really, what? it's more kid friendly, and it's oh, actually more the, of the essence of what Greece, the original Broadway show, was about. Mm. It was about all the T birds. It was about all the pink ladies. Uh, whereas the, the movie uh, of Greece became a, a vehicle for John and Olivia. Mm-hmm. 
in the uh, in the play, Kanicki sings Grease Lightning, not to, not Danny. That's true. It's his yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody has had a song in, in in the in the in the Broadway show to, to tell you their story, and that's what. So it's more of an ensemble piece. And Grease Two was directed by uh, Pat Birch, who was the choreographer of the Broadway show. So she wanted me to do that role badly because. They wanted they wanted to put a rock star in that role because there weren't any known faces. Michelle had just done, I think, Hollywood Nights. This is with, Michelle Pfeiffer with Tony Danza, right? Right. At that point, it wasn't a big hit or anything like I that. I remember. And yeah. and, and uh, Maxwell Caulfield was not. He was an, an English actor, <clears throat> but hadn't done much. And they really wanted a rock star uh, in that role, but Pat wanted me to do it. So she strategically brought me in. After they would see like one of like Casey and the Sunshine Boys or right, one, yeah. one of the Gibb brothers or whatever. And then I went in and said, all right, it's still his. All right, it's still his. Until after 12 callbacks, they finally said, wow, oh, it's his role. Well, yeah. honestly, I watch it every time it's on. It has a good energy to it. You're, again, sort of a self-deprecating funny guy. The whole bowling sequence is pretty, you know, it's. It, you can't help but get swept up in it, and it has its own energy. And, and to this yeah. point, you had a lot of talented people involved with it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people came out of that uh, that thing. Even the, the Seagal twins went on. The girls who were the cheerleaders went on to uh, have their own series. And Dee Dee Calm was the only uh, member. Carry over. Yeah, yeah, she, she came was over a carryover from the, from the the first one. Yeah. And is she still in this performance yes. in Middletown? The Erie. Yes, yes, she is. Yes, and she is. not only that, but Anson Williams is as well. Yeah, and um, Potsy from uh, Happy Days. Yeah, and, and Sally Struthers. And Sally Struthers. Uh, is, yeah. uh, is also in it. I actually did Greece with Sally here. Really? In Philadelphia. Many, we came through many times. We did the Tommy Toon reversion uh, 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 in the 90s. And I think we were here through through, through uh, Philadelphia several times. Wow. Wilmington several times uh, uh, and all. But uh, go ahead. So, well, you, you have a lot of fans in Philadelphia, and to prove that, I'm going to I'm going to show something to. You. I don't know if anybody has made you aware of this or not, but I, I think Steve, Steve made a, an offhand comment one day about uh, somebody getting an Adrian Zemed tattoo. So we do this. We do this uh, feature every Tuesday called Tattoo Day. People come in and actually get a tattoo from our show. It's called the Preston Steve. You know, they'll get a tattoo with us in it. And we've been doing it for years and years and years. We had a guy who called in and volunteered to get oh, an Adrian Zemed tattoo. God, I'm looking at it right. This now. is a guy. <laughs> that's your face on his right peck. It's. Huge. This was just. This was within the last year. Within right? the last year, yeah, yeah. That we and the guy eagerly came in. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me that that's not permanent. That's permanent. It is. It's that's a real tattoo on this man. So when chest. he's ninety years old and I look ninety on his chest, <laughs> yes. What was I thinking? So we took a picture of you from Greece too, and and that is now permanently on this guy's chest, Adrian. This reminds me of a of a of a something that Sally Struthers said about the uh, t- tattoos uh, back when we were doing Greece. She said, "Oh yeah, yeah. I back in the '60s, you know, I was a flower child. I got a tattoo of a butterfly on on my on my butt. Now it's going into its cocoon." <laughs> That's hilarious. So you do indeed have some rabid fans here in but Philadelphia. On, honestly. It's a it's a great show and it's a magical cast. I mean, uh, we're we're having a lot of fun with it. That's and great. It's we we grab everybody and it's very funny in the beginning, but then it gets gets pretty serious uh, in, in the middle I there. Have... And it's a show it's a show about saying you, we've got to stop and smell the flowers. We mm. have to like grab the moment. It's a good message. It's at the at the end of the the, the show. It's like. Uh, 
it, it, it makes you say we've got to do the things now yeah. that we're going to regret that we didn't do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are we are so delighted that you had a chance to come by here. We are big fans. Nice to come in. We knew you'd be great. Yeah, yeah we, we knew you'd guys. be cool. <laughs> That's great, man. Excellent. It's my pleasure. And you know what? We should do a promotion where we go bowling with Adrian. Yeah. yeah. How cool would that be? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, some love for Adrian's men. Thank you. Thank you so much. As the year draws to a close, 93.3 WMMR looks back at everything that rocked 2019 with our top 25 songs of the year countdown. Vote for your favorites now at WMMR.com. Then catch it New Year's Eve starting at 7 p.m. on 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I'm going to welcome our next guest. And uh, you know I'm from... Uh, not only performing, but uh, a lot of written material in the world of films. He does it all. I mean, like uh, Night at the Museum. Yes. And, of course, we know him from uh, I Love You, Man, Reno 911. I'll play a little clip. This was, uh, uh, what is this from uh, I Love You, Man? You're a whore, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. Literally, it's going, it's going on my tombstone. <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. And then here's uh, from Reno 911 is Dangle. Oh. I've had some boots on layaway here at uh, Zapateria La Baila Arena for Western fashion. You remember all the, you can't do a Western fashion, you can't do any better. Well, not in Reno, not at these prices. Because here in Reno, you really can't beat Zapateria La Baila Arena. Well, you can, but not at these prices, really. Let's do it. And there it is. the state. Uh, he's here to promote his new book, Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. This is Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. How you Hi doing, guys! Man. It's nice to be here in pants. Yeah. Yes, you a were... picture of me on the wall in the in the short shorts, in yeah. your dangle shorts. Actually, yeah. a couple of and you and a couple of your castmates came in. It was a we great did. day. We were in our smaller studio. Yep. This used to be the day. There used to be an era when you could walk around in shorts with a gun and nobody cared. <laughs> Yep. Just it was just like we beautiful did whatever. time. People were touching butts. It was the greatest time. Where did day. that go? Uh, All that hard work Caligula did out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. I'm, I'm very excited about this this book because um, I was reading an interview with you talking. Mm-hmm. It's Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. Exactly. And um, there, everyone has that that first series of books that gets them into reading. And I think you had mentioned that you were a fan of. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. Yep, and that Hitchhiker's was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Galaxy. I mean, and as 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 was I. And you always have that moment where you realize, oh my God, uh, a reading is interesting and fun. fun. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, um, I, I wrote the book for like a person like the age that I was when I read like Douglas Adams. So about fourteen. Yeah, like eleven or twelve. Yeah. And uh, I wanted it to. I just wanted to write a really funny book. Right. And a book that you could laugh while you're reading. It's not. It's not heavy lifting. I'll tell you right now. This is some pretty. It's for. <laughs> <laughs> it's for beginning readers and people who are just getting into books, and uh, you know the kind of the kind of reader I was. You know? But there's there's a place there's a place for that, and I think of l- listen, if something like this takes off, and you J.K. Rowling, and and you know Thank Harry you. Potter and all that stuff, it, it builds and it becomes part of uh, something larger. I mean. You know, I, I think when we were talking about uh, the, the first edition or first copy of uh, of uh, the, the first Harry Potter book is selling for some ridiculous amount, but for so many people that that defined their entree into reading. Oh yeah, uh, and so mm-hmm. there, I mean, as you're writing that, are you just thinking this is going to be a, a fun cast off, or could this, you know, are you also entertaining the notion? This could be the beginning something of something bigger. huge. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is it has turned into something bigger. So it's going to be at least three books right now in the series, and. Uh, 
you know, I started writing it basically. I, if you write movies, it just crushes your soul. It's like a rough. I mean, it's because like, there's so many cooks in oh, the kitchen. We got fired off Night at the Museum, our biggest hit. I was fired off of that movie three different times. Wow, wow. really? Wow, that's how it goes. Yeah, you turn a draft, and they're like, you know what? We hate you, <laughs> and we're just gonna try. They're like, we're gonna try anybody else for the next couple of weeks, and then they always end up coming back to you, and you you get fired, you come back. But the fun thing about being in the movie business is you just read that you're fired on the internet how most wa- of the time. How wonderfully warm. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. How the personal. best people in the world yeah. making these movies, guys. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get in the books and see and like write something that's 100% my sense of humor. Since Reno 911, the Ronan Boyle is probably the closest thing to just like my unfiltered sense of humor. Thomas, yep. I'm so amazed at in the, in the movie industry how much stuff just is created and then just nothing happens to nothing. it. And I, the yep. idea of me sitting down and writing a volume of material, forget it. It would be a life's work to write one thing for me. It would take my entire life to do it. And the fact that people can crank this stuff out, mm-hmm. have it looked at, and then just toss it on the scrap heap right. in a regular interval... It's pretty wild. Well, as you say, so, so, so much creative crushing. juice. I, I think we, I think we set a record one year for 20th Century Fox. We wrote five movies that got shelved. This is wow. with like, just back to back. Ben, uh, yeah, Ben Grant, Grant, Grant. Grant. He's the guy on Reno 911 with the bulletproof vest on the outside. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, but so statistically, I wonder how many authors will write manuscripts that that I mean, it's it's a brutal business. It's a brutal well. business, yeah. But I, but maybe maybe it's less brutal than um, than screenplays. It's a uh, the novel game is while it's still a little bit brutal. It's nowhere compared to wow. the, movie, the movie business. But also, is, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're, as you said before, you're able to write and and it's you. Yeah, yeah. This it's is you. The, the novel's just me. Right, and it's yeah. based on, uh, on on just sort of some Celtic lore. And... Yeah, well, you know, I, so my grandparents are both from the sort of the west coast of Ireland, and I'd spent a lot of time in Ireland. And I always, ever since I read Hitchhiker's Guide, I was like, oh, you can write a funny... Novels don't have to be Finnegan's Wake. Right, They don't right. have to be The Sound and the Fury. You can write something really funny. So I was like, I gotta write a funny novel. And then I didn't have an idea for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for about 30 years, I kind of mulled it over. Okay, <laughs> sure. And then I was in a castle, I was in a castle in Ireland... And the uh, the owner of the castle was taking me on a really boring tour. You know, like when somebody wants to show you stuff that you don't want to see. Right. And I was just tired and crabby. Right. And he took me and he showed me what a, a real Irish shillelagh looked like. And I thought a shillelagh was like a little kind of like a walking stick. But a shillelagh, when Irish people couldn't carry metal weapons, they carried shillelaghs that you could, like, you could stop a car with this thing. It was a humongous weapon. And so I just started thinking about, you know, like, what if... A shillelagh was your, like, law enforcement weapon that you had to carry. And then I started thinking about leprechauns. And in the book, leprechauns, it's so it's a young cop who gets re- recruited to the leprechaun division. But leprechauns in the book are absolutely disgusting. Aren't yeah. they? Aren't they? Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but doesn't a lot of the original oh, lore, yeah. they're evil. Nasty. They're, they're vicious. Uh, the notion that leprechauns leave candy in your shoes <laughs> is not what this book is about. Yeah, yeah Steve, yeah. you saw that documentary with uh, Jennifer Aniston. And, yeah, yeah, Leprechaun. Yeah. 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 It's just an incredible. They've made several of those movies. <laughs> Actually, a friend of mine is in the movie. You ever, have you seen the trailer for, if you haven't seen it, please go watch the trailer for the movie Leprechaun 4 in Space. It's oh, yes. one of the great titles of a movie ever yeah. also. Yeah. Somehow the leprechaun who kills people <laughs> ends up in a spaceship. Well, <laughs> leprechaun, leprechaun in the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Leprechaun yeah. in the hood yeah. is yeah. also, is that yeah. five? That, so sure. that's three, Anybody I who think. knows them all in order, that's three. Yeah, there's yeah. Leprechaun 1, Le- Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun in the hood. That's Lep- just good structure. You go, you go the hood, yeah. space. space. Well, mm-hmm. And Wait, by the it, way, by yeah. the way, just a, a point of order here mm-hmm. in the whole thing, uh, Warwick Davis, who played Leprechaun, is not in this newest one. 
uh, which they they did a, a re a sort of a, a I guess a reboot of it, mm-hmm. and um, it's it, it's lacking. It, oh, you know, you you, you you need that that mm-hmm. pure malevolence that he brought to mm-hmm. the uh, to say mm-hmm. as dumb as it is to say he brought the right amount of mm-hmm. malevolence to the leprechaun role. But a lot of people always thought the opposite, and and so that adds your 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 nemesis. Yeah, in, in my uh, in in my world, the run and boil world, uh, the leprechauns like they'll steal your entire wine cellar. Stuff like that. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll change and they change like babies into lo- for logs. They'll like put a log where your baby was. Wow. Stuff like that. Yeah. And Ronan is a, is a is a he's sort of a a misanthrope, but he's a he's oh a, we got a <laughs> oh that's my friend. Yeah, there we go. Oh, sorry, you're running in the background uh, yeah. of uh, of leprechaun for space. space, which mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> So, oh. <laughs> so let me ask you. I mean, because you know, looking at your your body of work as, mm-hmm. as an actor and as as a writer, I had no idea that that you wrote uh, um, Baywatch the movie, which I thought was a lot of fun. By the way, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we have credits on some weird things that you'd be very surprised right. by. But, yeah. but you're also um, a student of the Tisch School of Arts. Yeah, yeah. right. So like, yeah. you're you're no piker when it comes to you know the the uh, or maybe. You are. <laughs> To differ, well, I'm stop right I can there, pike then. very. Uh, when you need to pike, you can pike. That was uh, another one. Uh, Baywatch. We wrote. Uh, it was funny. We were actually writing Baywatch <laughs> for Bill Hader. Oh, really? Yeah. Like in our minds, we were like, "Oh man, Bill Hader would be you know obviously from Barry and I everything." And yeah. And then um, it was one of those happy accidents where the head of the studio, we were like, "Hey, wouldn't Bill Hader be amazing for this?" He's like, "Well, I gave it to The Rock instead." <laughs> yeah. And The Rock loves it, and The Rock thinks you wrote it for him. And we were like, "We sure yeah, did," <laughs> because of course we did. Uh, well, yeah. you between writing regular screenplays, you yeah. do a lot of script doctoring as well. I know that's a whole. I do. That's a that's a weird business because sometimes they're you know they. The studio starts making a movie, and then they just they hate everything that's happening. Right, like everything about it. Basically, they've greenlit a movie off of sort of like what the premise was supposed to be. The worst one, the worst one we ever did was a Martin Lawrence movie called Rebound. I remember, remember yeah, the movie, yeah, the amazing yeah, Martin yeah, yeah. Lawrence movie Rebound. They were shooting. The, they'd started shooting the movie, and they just hated everything in the script. The whole script, they just hate it. Right. So they'd only like the premise that Martin Lawrence is an angry uh, college basketball coach who ends up coaching some kids. So they're like, just make up a whole new movie, but we can't change any locations. <laughs> so every single scene heading, if it says, like, exterior gym, you have to leave that. Right. Because tomorrow they're going to be in a gym. <laughs> and we would just every night write the part of the, what Dear the movie God. would be tomorrow. And wow. you're, you're, it was kind of fun. It's, and, it's, it's a run and gun kind of situation, yeah, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, yeah, you stay up till midnight, and then in the morning you fax in. <laughs> This is when we had fax machines. Wow. You just fax in what they're going to shoot that day. And then the movie, amazingly, turns into garbage. <laughs> well, can I ask you, because I also saw It amazingly credits. becomes yeah. garbage. And then somehow, this formula. Yeah. <laughs> I see in your credits that, mm-hmm. that you're working on the Cannonball Run. I don't yes. know if this is it. Because yeah. when, when Burt Reynolds died, I went back and I watched the original. And, and to me, it, it's... It's magnificent. It, it holds up. Oh, yeah. Totally. I don't know if you ever saw one of my favorite things we did when we were the comedy group The State. Yeah, I love oh, the yeah. stage. We did this. Re- we did this really weird thing, which is we did a shot-for-shot shot duplication of the end credit bloopers of yes. Cannonball Run. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid for some reason, <laughs> and we spent a really long time filming it. Like anywhere we could go, we'd get an ambulance. That sounds like we, a lot of work. It was so much work, and it was a joke for no one. Yeah, <laughs> it was like who would care? But we like just perfectly recreated every moment of Dom DeLuise uh, cracking up, going, oh, "Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin." Made he left. <laughs> I love Bert stuff went, like that. And Burke kept smacking him yep, over and over smacking. again. <laughs> yeah. I played, uh, I believe I played Dean Martin. 
Okay. These bleeds? These rosewood yeah, these bleeds? Yeah, these bleeds. <laughs> you going to take, take these bleeds, right? And Sammy Davis Jr., yeah. that's right. And Jack Keelan. It was one of those things, yeah. those things we did that no one cared about. Uh, Once on Reno 911, we did a full, like, half-hour episode that's a, uh, a word-for-word spoof of the play Waiting for Godot. No, no, wow. one, yeah, no one. I don't remember that. It. No, no one remembers it because it was for nobody. <laughs> well, how great is that that you're yeah. able to do that? That you sort of have that yeah. freedom. And you're mm-hmm. like, all right, we want to do this. That was fun on Reno Nine One because no one was checking on us. Mm-hmm. Like we really never got notes on that show That's ever, great. ever. Really? Uh, so oh, you, were, you were supposed to be on Fox and ending up on Comedy That's Central. Exactly what happened. Yeah, we were. Uh, the, I, we didn't end up on Fox, and I think it was because at the end of the pilot episode, there was a scene where Lieutenant Dangle kisses a guy for a long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a recurring theme in my <laughs> career, as you probably noticed. Yeah, that yeah. was Dangle's M.O. <laughs> and it was, yeah. uh, and uh, everybody was like, no, 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 you gotta cut that. You gotta cut that out, because Fox is not gonna put it on. And I'm like, no, we're not gonna cut it. And I'm like, what are you gonna do, not pick us up? And of course, they didn't pick us <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Comedy Central, Central for, for they I'm were sure very they, nice to us. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they gave you free reign, obviously. I, honestly, I can't, I really don't remember getting any notes from them other than occasionally they'd be like, this is too long. Yeah. Like, like ever, they'd be like, shorten some stuff, but never anything mm-hmm. like major. I would have to imagine yeah. that because of that, anybody who's ever done anything like that police-based, mm-hmm. you uh, you must you must get you must get away with every speeding ticket because... It does help. It does help, yeah, right? It really does help. A lot of police officers have said to me that they feel like Reno 911 is the most accurate <laughs> no cop way. show on TV. My, my brother said that. Mm-hmm. My brother's a, p- a police <laughs> yeah. officer and says it, it, there's nuance that's caught in that yeah. series that you like, have to be an not, insider. It's not to know. always like cold case NCIS where right. we're enhancing photographs in a cool lab. <laughs> no, it's a bunch of weird people <laughs> right. eating peanut butter from yeah. the jar, oh, right. super accidentally troopers. shooting yeah. their friends. Yeah, <laughs> cops love super troopers too. They like super troopers a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have friends who are police officers, and, sure. and one guy in particular. I, I mean, they're. they're Listen, they're very, very serious at their job, but they're all, they have to be able to deflect all that. It's you a know? work environment. That's what, it, yeah. I think the reason that they say it feels the most like real uh, law enforcement is just because we, we never really wrote down any dialogue. Mm-hmm. Everything we're saying is off the top of our heads. So, so, so yeah. it, was, it was done a la the uh, Christopher Guest. You, exactly. you have a, a framed scene and then right. you fill it in. Usually, you all improvisationally usually adapt. we'd know the ending. Okay. Yeah. If we if if we we'd have the ending of a scene, and if it was a stunt, it would be like written out. If someone was going to explode next to us, if we were going to throw like a pop a popper under someone's skirt, <laughs> which I just heard about, right? a yes. wonderful way to start the day, guys. Hey, Thanks so much. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I want to see what uh, because you have 151 acting credits according to IMDb. I don't, I don't know seems, how accurate that is. I know. Um, but but one of them that seems like a, a typographical error on <laughs> well, this part. But what about 32 writing credits? Is that accurate? Yeah, no, that's accurate. They're both accurate. Which okay. Is weird. Well, in, in one of them, um, uh, and it's probably the polar opposite mm-hmm. of uh, Reno 911, but working with Clint Eastwood on, on 1517 to... That was a trip. ...to Paris, yeah. I, I think it's an underrated movie. And uh, we've heard and talked many people have worked with Clint Eastwood over the years, but what was your experience like? So, uh, here was the deal. So, I went in, and obviously, you're intimidated. He's At the time, he's uh, like 86 years old. He's making this movie, 1517 to Paris. Uh, and uh, it's got the three real guys. Yeah. Which was a yeah. big conceit of the the thing is that you had the actual oh, guys who participated. That was the real guys yeah, yeah. who like ran, ran at a dude with a machine gun yeah. on that train. Yeah. So uh, I was obviously nervous. Clint's got this cool old bus. Like so, his trailer is like looks like a seventies rock bus. Wow! And outside, he's got barbells, <laughs> and he's eighty six years old. And there's like these sets of barbells that he can, in case he needs to jack up the arms before he comes in. Uh. And I, my the way that I interact with people always is I I run a test joke by them. Right. So I'm like, let's see how this is going to go. 
So I just like to see, like, are they going to be goofy or are you going to be an a-hole? What, yeah. what do you like? Right. So Clint's in there, and I'm sitting there in the morning, and it's kind of serious, and it's real quiet. And I'm sitting behind the desk, and I'm playing this, like, mean principal. And I turn to Clint Eastwood, and I say, Clint, is there any possibility that my character could have a large raven sitting on his shoulder for this whole scene? We can just add it and post. Right. And Clint Eastwood went, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And really? he laughed really hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, Clint Eastwood's going to be cool. Yeah. And then we hung around, and we laughed all day long. He wow. was so funny. And then a weird, this is a weird moment happened, but sometimes you just got to run with things. Sure. So I always carry, I got a little Martin backpacker guitar that I carry around because... When you're on set, it keeps you from looking at the internet all day and just keeps yeah. your hands busy. You don't smoke and eat donuts. You can just play guitar. So I was playing guitar, and they were moving the, all the equipment, and Clint Eastwood came into the room that I was in. I was all alone, and he just sat down. He's, a, he's, a music, he's, he's a an amazing piano player. Yeah, yeah. And he started just watching me play the guitar, and he's like, no, no, don't stop, don't stop. I'm Clint Eastwood, don't stop. And so I ended up playing all of the Smiths' song, The Headmaster Ritual, for Clint Eastwood. No kidding. Yeah. You're, so I was telling Preston, yeah. you're in like... You I'm a, in a Smiths a cover Smiths cover band. Yeah. And you're more, so I'm a yeah. huge Smiths fan, yeah. and that's very cool. So, it was so cool. And then he just sat, and he kind of bopped his head. See, he he's... When yeah. Steve Jobs passed, he, yeah. Clint Eastwood became my... That's the... That's the um, Ultimate must get interview. ultimate interview, because that guy... Look at trip. that career. Yeah. And at his age, yeah. he is still at, at the height of his game. Yeah. He just, just booking along. Just, and then the mule came out. But I was like, you know, the, the childhood me watching Dirty Harry never thought I'd get to sit and play the Smiths for him alone in a room. And he's enjoying <laughs> it. Oh, no, he's, he's not just suffering through it. Yeah. Talked, like you talk, he, he still plays out and stuff. Yeah. You a big uh, Martin Guitar fan? I am. Because the uh, the factory is right by here. It's oh, it is. It's not far it's away. Right. It's in yeah. Bethlehem, right? Um, right? Nazareth, actually. Yeah. Nazareth. Different, yeah. uh, I believe, uh, different uh, biblical, uh, in operation since 1880. Eight? It is, it is, 83. Yeah. 83 or 88. They, they like named that. it a historical landmark yeah, in, in Nazareth. So. I've got two. I've got the backpacker and then I've got the nice. old, I got See, a really old Martin. It's funny, yeah. though, because you have these eclectic. You're also like a huge Eminem fan, are you not? I am. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> I got no, like I six it. personalities. <laughs> but, but that's that you are. You are. Yeah. You're a Renaissance man, I you guess, know, in, yeah. in some way. But I mean, Smith's Eminem. Yeah. And you, you, you I'm friends with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I'm currently friends with Clint Eastwood. You look good in short shorts. I used to look good in short shorts. Shorts. Uh, it's, it's pretty wild. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Thomas Lennon. I did have a question because I, I never knew the origin of this. There's a bar in Philadelphia called Tiernanog. Tiernanog. And yep. uh, that's featured in the book. What, yep. it's Tiernanog a, what is, uh, is the Irish land of the fairy folk. So it's where the leprechauns live, cluricons, okay. fair de rigs, all the little sort of monsters, marrows. There's a lot of different kinds of little creatures and monsters in the books. You you learn a lot in the, in the Ronan Boyle on the Bridge of Riddles, like uh, unicorns, the, the horn that they have is mostly for killing leprechauns, stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of details in the book. Is that accurate? Is that accurate to more? It's accurate to my... That's all I care about. That's yeah. like, killing... So, any pre-interest in a in in the movie based there's on some, this? There's a little bit of talk about it. Right. Yeah. But you know, I would mean, you would you adapt? I assume you would adapt your own book. Oh, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure, I would if I yeah if if we do that. But it was funny because I, I basically wrote the book to take like kind of a break from the crazy movie world, and then as soon as you succeed with the book, because the book hit the best in the New York Times bestseller list, which was really cool. Everybody's like, "What if it's a movie?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I did this, so I didn't have to do that." Well, you yeah. know what? The, the oh, there it is. The yep. illustrations are awesome. Uh, it's and... been really cool. A guy named John Hendricks, he's a famous uh, illustrator in his own right, and he did uh, all of the illustrations for the book. And yeah, that could lead to you know uh, animated stuff. Maybe. That would be cool. Yeah, they, they put it. Yeah, I made. I, I lost out to the number one spot to a book called Wonder, 
Oh, that oh, book. Yeah, so I hit Son I hit number two. Yeah. But I got I got to walk around chanting, I'm number two. <laughs> I'm number two. I wanted to ask you, because going uh, through and doing some of the research on it, the, the people, just from the state alone, the mm-hmm. amount of people who have gone on to do incredible things. It's weird. Uh, 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 and then you add your crew with Reno 911. We have uh, Wendy McClendon-Covey. Wendy, Wendy Cedric. Uh, yeah, I mean... You know, I'm like the lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Come rub me. It just something works out. <laughs> something works out. It's it's very cool that that, that you yeah, have that collective from the state, like Ken Marino, Michael Ian Black, Joe Triglio's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love that. He guy. kills it. Um, he, his everybody thinks that he and I are the same person. Almost oh, really? always. Yeah. I, there's a picture on my Instagram. John Daly, who's super funny, and Joe Triglio and me. People just think we're all the same person all the time because <laughs> we vaguely have like kind of those bug eyes. And, yeah, 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 and same sort of uh, yeah, similar vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right, so yeah. you and Joe were both in "I Love You, Man." And, we were. Uh, w- did that have anything to do with your previous relationships? Or not really? No, okay. uh, no. Joe's in "I Love You, Man." He plays a squeaky, squeaky voice guy. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so I didn't know there was a weird one. I have that long kissing scene with Paul. Rudd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which by Great. the way, we were nominated for an MTV Best Kiss Award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We I were. remember. Phenomenal. We lost to Twilight. What's that? Some of those Twilight bastards. Yours is more lasting. Thank you very Cinematic much. Cinematic history will go too. down. I can't remember theirs. Mm-hmm. Were you Team Cullen or Team... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I didn't tell my wife what the scene was about in I yeah. Love You, Man. Oh, that's But we hilarious. shot it kind of close to my house. So she was taking the dogs for a walk and just oh, walked down the street. And then sees me making out with Paul Rudd on the street corner. No way. <laughs> and she was like, why didn't you tell me about this? And I was like, well, it would have been weird to tell you about it. She's like, it's way weirder that you didn't. Right. How, many, to... how many takes on Oh, that? my God. It just went on for, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> We're watching. It's running it. in the background. Uh, it was a lot. I think Hamburg was finding it very amusing to just keep me kissing you, Paul you, on the street. You kiss him, yeah. and then you pause and make eye contact with your hand on the back of his oh. head oh, and going for another one. It was so... Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Brilliant. Yep. Now that I'm Looking at it, we should have won that award. And I go back in. I go back in. That's what's weird. Yeah. Yep. You go back in. Yep. And his look. I, he, yeah. Paul Rudd seems like just a regular. We've had we've the had him on the show, and he's just, yeah. just a regular. As as are you. He also uh, played uh, Trudy's Lamaze instructor on Reno Nine One One. If you remember when Trudy was. That's the, right. Uh, yep. Yep. Wow. You know what show you did? Guy Jericho. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that you did. And you talk about things that are that just seem like a, a personal joke or something that you just wanted to do. Viva Variety. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that was one of your, my favorites. Yeah. That was a re- that was a show for nobody. <laughs> it, well, it was a it was a parody of European variety yeah. shows. No, like, yeah, when you go to and Europe I, and you turn yeah. on the TV and there's like like there's showgirls and there's a chimpanzee dun, 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 and everything's dun, dun, weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the weirdest shows. Yep. And my, my wife and I, the, the first one of the first mm-hmm. couple of times we went over to Europe, is like, what are they? We're staying in the hotel room yeah. and watching these shows. Yeah, so it was also a, based a little bit on like remember Sabado Gigante. Yes, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So it was a Sabado, Sabado, Sabado. That was a great. We did the game show like French or Gay. We had a thing called Monkey Sports. <laughs> the original pilot had a, a cartoon characters cr- called Rock and Roll Foosball Men, which were the foosball guys who would right. come to life and like play rock music. It's almost like yeah. you just threw words into a bucket and then pulled Absolute, them out. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, did you, was that so two seasons? Really cool bands. Uh, we did like, th- actually there's uh, there's actually, I think, 39 episodes of Reno of, of Viva Variety. Yeah, but they're impossible to find. It's a it's a great yeah. show. But we had like the coolest bands in the world. We had the Boston's on. We had Fishbone. We had like Chibo Mott at the time. Yeah, yeah. These like really cool people. Yeah, that's wild. It's wow. a cool show. Now yeah. you also did uh, not that long ago. And I need to catch up with Drunk History, but I love it's that the best. show. It's the best show. Is it? It's yeah. got to be fun to show. It's shoot. so much fun. Now I've never played the drunk. 
which right. is uh, for the best, I think, because yeah. those, you, you those people really, end up puking. You get they get they're wiped out. Yeah. I just did. I played uh, um, William Randolph Hearst. Okay. Uh, in, the, uh, uh. in the latest episode, which is really fun. It's it's a strange show to do because all of the dialogue you have in the show is was recorded by a drunk person yep. a month ago. Yep. So they send you. You know, you have these audio. Uh, <laughs> files that you have to listen to over and over again to get it exactly right. Yeah, you got to lip sync. You got to lip sync with a drunk person. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is a it's a fun thing to try to do. Yeah. What about uh, a yeah. futile and stupid gesture, which is the uh, history of uh, National Lampoon? And I, I loved that. It came that out last year. Such a cool movie. It it's really on is. Netflix. A few t- uh, directed by David Wayne. Um, and that's actually on the state. state. Yep, state. Yeah. Yeah. David Wayne. Uh, he does Wet Hot American Summer and all that stuff. So I played. That was a cool role. I played Michael O'Donohue. Who's one of my mm. comedic uh, um, g- gods. Crazy, yeah, tortured yeah. genius. The, the stuff that he did. Orig- I mean, and you know, going He's back to the original Nash yeah. Lampoon, mm-hmm. what is this he, lunatic he doing? He did the Vietnamese baby boat. He did all these bleak. He had a really dark side. But apparently, I also talked to Lorraine Newman uh, about it. And she said, like, when she moved to California, everything she owned, basically, was a gift from Michael O'Donohue. Wow. Because apparently, he was such a sweet guy. But his, his humor was really crazy. But one thing I did for that was I, I shaved the front part of my head to get, like, a bald spot. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Casey it, doesn't, it. it doesn't really come back. Really? <laughs> it'll, never, it'll never be like what it was before. Uh, well, I'm yeah. currently growing my hair out right now so I can do a comb over for my... For a bit. No, for my driver's license picture. Okay, well, that's yeah. hilarious, but be very careful when you shave your head for a bit. It takes. It's a long road back. All right, guys. so that's sage advice. It's a long road back. That's <laughs> that's my uh, yep. that's my pedophile uh, yep. picture that I did mm-hmm. before. We have a picture of my driver's mm-hmm. license in the studio here. Yeah, that's not the male pattern baldness. No, which we <laughs> called uh, what was it the the dad the, the dad, dad from, from that's not Mindy. real. Is that real? Yeah, they allowed you to do that. Yeah, yeah. That, is that's this available my... on the website? <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I'll get, pull up the get, other get one. The where you can't do that. Yes, you can. He does it every time he has to renew his. And no one stops you. No one stops me. In fact, get the one where I did the afro. Um, well, the, this is I amazing. The this lady. is my favorite. It's an ap- he looks at <laughs> it. Come on. Yeah. You can't do that. That's a real Pennsylvania That's license. That's legal. That's nope. legal. So That's when legit. I was having that picture taken, me and the lady that was taking the picture, we share the same birthday. So that's all we talked about. She didn't ask once about my hair. Go to the website because these are amazing. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, that's super early. Uh, hey, I wanted to ask now, there, there are so many shows on television. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely impossible to keep up with all of them, mm-hmm. but you are on the Lethal Weapon team. I'm on Le- I'm, uh, right. I'm Leo Getz on uh, Lethal Weapon. What's the status of that series now? Because yeah, cast great, members have been That's a through. great question. Uh, <laughs> the original dude was thrown if off. If you ever hear anything about it, please text me because uh, I'll be the last to know. You'll read about yeah. it in the trades. That's a tough one because I'm, I'm friends with Clay and I'm friends with Damon and it was just like a weird one. Yeah. But it's weird when you have, I mean, I, I love both those guys. And yeah, people see like they'll see the people they see on the show, but they don't realize that past that are all, all, all battalions of other people employed. The only thing that I'll say about that show is it's so tough because it's basically a, this, a, making a giant action movie every week. Right. So it is, I mean, it really wears you down. The days are like always, every day is 18 hours. There's always like a helicopter. There's always people shooting at you. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a lot. And now you have yeah. Stifler, you know, yeah. basically. Um, but it's been, it's yeah. been I'm, I've been back this year and it's been fun still. So like, I hope that show comes back. It's been a, it's been a nice job. Yeah. It's like yeah. doing, a, it's doing a movie every week, I, basically. I feel like, I think I've been Joe, oh. I, I think I've been Leo Getz now longer than Joe Pesci was ever Leo Getz. <laughs> yeah. How hard is it to not try to be Joe, Joe Pesci? Oh, that was the thing. Yeah. 
that was a huge thing. I was like, don't, I'm, I can't, I'm never going to do an impression of him. Right. Because I can't do the, I feel it, the drive through Which was amazing, but I can't do that. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I just got to do something else that's weird. I'll just be like a weird dude. Um, but it's been really, really fun. I love that show. You Except know, for how much they shoot at me, and I'm always being like <laughs> dragged through gravel. Mostly. You're not the yeah. tough guy in it. Yeah. Well, they also, I feel like the show got so hard for the two leads that they suddenly started, like, episodes were all about Leo Getz. Yeah. Just because it could give other people days off. A break, a break, <laughs> so like, yeah. Here's, uh, Leo's going to get, like, dragged behind a car <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> graveled in his face. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, why not? Okay, wait yeah. a second. Those guys make way more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, what, what does your wife do? Does she work? My wife, you ready for this? Yeah. Do you remember the film Bull Durham? Sure. Yes. Do you remember the girl that gets married on the pitcher's mound at the end? Yes. yes. That's my wife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You um, you were in a, a comedy troupe with her, were you not? Uh, she's she was on Reno 911 a couple times. Right. But uh, wait, the one that bangs half the team? She the movie opens with her and Tim Robbins having like a really graphic sex. Yeah, scene. he pitches kind of like he f's. And it's also on TV like nine times a week. Uh-huh. So so it's a delight for me. <laughs> and our wow. son, that basically every time you turn on the television, wow, mom and Tim Robbins, who's both six foot five and a delight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's his way. it's I one of the best baseball movies of all time. Yeah, it was actually voted, voted best sports movie yeah. of all time by Sports Illustrated, and I, I, I don't disagree. It's she has amazing. to watch you make out with Paul Rudd. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, Karma's a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Karma's a boomerang. Wow. Yeah. So does she act anymore, or is she? she yeah, she's kinda... here and there, okay. but uh, right. yeah, she was also she was like in the in the she played a young Patty Duke. In the Patty Duke story, oh yeah, if you ever uh, check that on, uh, yeah, on the Hallmark Channel. And you guys have kids? We do. We have a nine-year-old son. Okay, Oliver. And has yeah. he shown any uh, acting? He's interest? already. He was in Mamma Mia last month. No yep. kidding. He had three wow. or four lines in Mamma Mia. Are you, are you happy fun. about it? Or are you? Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have recommended it. Right. I, most most people who have made a living are are, yeah. are loath to get their kids. The highs into are it. high and the lows are really low. Yeah. 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 But you yeah. have you have a career that just keeps going. Uh, you, I'm a bad example for him. Because <laughs> dad keeps you do failing what you love. up. I just keep failing up. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's all cool. I want to just quickly ask before you, sure. let you get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, you worked with Christopher Nolan. This was really cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, it was I, one of the top visionary directors. First film I ever auditioned for in my whole life was Memento. Which is wow. a That's a weird audition because here's the whole script for me. It's a test, Sammy. That's yeah. all. Literally, all I say in that movie. That's I say it. it. I say it like four times. Yeah, yeah. But so when you go into audition, like you got to drive somewhere, you park, you go into the audition, <laughs> you sit down in front of Christopher Nolan, and you say, "It's a test, Sammy." That was it. That was it. And he goes, "Very good, excellent." I like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, because I, like, I really didn't do anything. Yeah. Other than like kind of be creepy and sit here. So, did that movie? Thirteen years go by. And I get a call from my agent. They're like, hey, Christopher Nolan's making the next Batman movie. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, he thinks it'd be really funny if you play the doctor in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I was like, I think that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about this idea. All right. And then it was one of those things. So I got the script got delivered to me, hand delivered by somebody from Christopher Nolan's office in L.A. And it was on that red paper that you can't Xerox. Right. It was only one page. I could read what my character said, but everything else was redacted with, like, a black Sharpie so that you couldn't see anything else on wow. the in the script. So, like, I got hand-delivered the script, and then the movie was filming in downtown Los Angeles, which is five minutes from my house, Pittsburgh, uh, India, and London. And I was like, oh, I know my scene's going to be in downtown Los Angeles because <laughs> like, it's, like, right. so dumb. I'm, like, just, like, in a doctor's office. Right. London. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I like had to fly to London, had to stay for five days, and I worked for like ninety minutes. It was the best. <laughs> but I mean, you were in, great. That, yeah. He's he's just uh, it, he's the best. Yeah. He's kept secret about that. Christian Bale, very funny guy. No, kidding. really, I've worked with him twice now, and he's. He's straight up hilarious. Because if you he, hang around with him, he doesn't seem like it in the movies. No. Yeah. yeah. He seems like a pretty heavy cat, but he's actually like, he loves to laugh. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, him and Clint Eastwood getting a Clint, new comedy all team. All these heavies. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's Funnier your new, you uh, yeah. yeah. The new Tango and Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Clinton Bale. <laughs> Clinton. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's that's cool, man. I I would love for this. To, I, mean, I know you would. It's doing well. But, I mean, this, this the amount of people you can turn on, the amount of, uh, the, you know, young teens that you can turn on to reading and enjoying reading is a cool thing. It's, it's cool. It's, and, so, and I'm really proud of the book. And yeah. I'm glad it's doing well. And it's uh, We're very happy for you. I'll yeah. be glad to see you if you can make nice. it. Nice. And we'd like to remain friends with you. You're That's such a nice guy nice. and a great That's interview. Been, so. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, anytime. So the book is called Ronan Boyle uh, and the Bridge of Riddles. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for being thanks, here, man. Guys. We oh, appreciate it so much. Appreciate it. for Thomas Lennon yeah. on the Preston and Steve Show. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. A New Mexico woman is literally experiencing a bunch of baloney as a stranger has been leaving pieces of the sandwich ingredient on her doorstep. Sarisha Morrison said that an unknown man has been, since January 1st, repeatedly delivering the deli meat mystery to her home in southeast Albuquerque. He, she, she said he'll just walk up and drop it on the little doorknob right here and then walk away. I love you so much. She says that's all he does every single time. Do you like bologna, too? <clears throat> the woman said the delivery comes in a plastic shopping bag Ooh. and typically contains a few pieces of bologna and a few pieces of bread. I, I, u- I use this to pleasure myself. Well, at first, Morrison thought that someone might just be leaving her food as part of an act of kindness, but when she smelled the delivery, she... <laughs> She learned that was not the case. She says it smells like urine. Oh, oh boy. And she said, I just, I've never had that brand. She said, I just want him to stop. I really do. Also, Listen, uh, it's very kind to you, and the, the, the pea bologna is awesome, but stop. She said, also, like, I, I don't want anything more to be in there. Like, it's going to be feces next time instead of urine. Uh, Morrison said that her neighbors, who have also reportedly received the sandwich deliveries, are moving out of their home because they're tired of it. Well, wouldn't that kind of suck if you thought you were the only one getting pissed off bologna and then you yeah. find out everyone's getting it? Yeah, you don't feel as special after that. <laughs> so, anyhow, they're actually moving. Uh, I love this story. Apparently, some thieves have some pre-stealing rituals. A man in South Carolina was caught on camera Saturday at a BP gas station performing Mr. Miyagi's crane pose from the Karate Kid film right before stealing a woman's purse from her car. Wow. Mr. Miyagi would not approve. Uh, He was also seen inside the gas station paying at the counter and filmed leaving in a black Toyota Tundra with a paper license plate. Show me steal the purse. Uh, Police are now seeking the public's assistance in locating that man. I'd love to see that footage. An impatient dog left inside its owner's car while she went into a store demonstrated its impatience by repeatedly honking the horn while she was inside. I love these. I do, too. The dog's owner says she left the windows open for her dog while she quickly went into ABC Fine Wine Liquor Store in West Palm Beach. But the dog was having none of it. Uh, she shared... Yeah. 
She shared a video of her dog laying on the horn, which has since gone viral. So. You know, it's one of my favorites recently, right. Preston, is the uh, the dog in the RV that put it into reverse when the guy was launching his boat. Yes. So he's on a boat ramp. The RV is backed up and sends the whole RV into the water. <laughs> I love it. So great. Uh, public works employees in Florida stumbled upon something they don't see every day, a small claustrophobic tunnel leading to a chase bank. The public works employees responded to a report of a possible sinkhole near the bank Tuesday night and discovered the tunnel, which was about 50 yards long with a power cord inside and a small generator at the foot of the hole. Oh, you know what that looks like. Police officer said it's approximately two foot, maybe three feet in diameter. It's very small, very claustrophobic. It means that the fraggles are real. The tunnel was near a wooded area south of the bank, which is in a shopping complex across the street from the tunnel's entrance. Uh, the tunnel didn't reach the bank, the FBI said, adding that it is investigating the discovery as an attempt at bank burglary and no arrests have been made as of yet. That used to be the big thing years ago, to tunnel into banks. Yeah. Yeah. People try it. What is this? This is Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Fraggle Rock. <laughs> In other news, I was expecting bank robbery music, and then <laughs> no, got tossed by Frank Rock. In other news, Austin police arrested a semi-nude woman who was pleasuring herself at two street-level patios Tuesday afternoon in downtown Austin. Greatest afternoon of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy hasn't been here for two days. Two days of absolute bliss. I've been double fisting and loving every second of it. Oh my god. <laughs> The woman, 26-year-old Dovey Nichols... Oh, we got it wrong then. Yeah, has oh. been charged with indecent exposure and was in county jail with a bail set of $3,000. It's, it's less that you have stories of women out in public doing this. It's always the guys who seem to go towards yeah. the public self-gratification. Wait till you hear to the extent All of right. which she did this. So two officers responding to a complaint from the J.W. Marriott <gasps> Austin Hotel oh. encountered uh, Nichols across the street, and uh, she was sitting alone at a patio table. <laughs> When an officer approached, she stopped moving her arms under the table and placed them on top of it. And that's when officers observed that Nichols was not wearing any pants. <laughs> officers said she continued to pleasure herself even after she was handcuffed and placed in the back seat of the patrol vehicle. It's a tough trick. Police went across the street to investigate the original complaint. And they learned from a Marriott employee that Nichols had been spotted at the hotel building street-level patio earlier that day. The employee told police that he saw her. <laughs> Holding a silver object to her genitals with her legs straight up in the air, spread <laughs> outside. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she's not even trying to hide no. it. No. So are she's we assuming it's a dildo or is it? Yeah. 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 Was yeah. she was drunk? A silver object to her genitals. It could have been like one of those tiny little vibrators. Which like, is, yeah. You like, know. Right, I got you. Uh, but uh, and, what was that? Yeah, bullet. They're called a bullet. Yeah, Marissa yeah. knows the name. Of course yeah. you do. What's your favorite brand of bullet? Ew. Ew. No, we just have boxes of that kind of stuff laying around here. I use the Tyron 77C. The officer said he could also hear Nichols making moaning noises. Uh, he told police that she yelled at him to get back when he tried to approach her. Get back, yeah. it's going to blow. <laughs> uh, the employee said that she was on the patio for approximately seven to eight minutes before uh, heading across the street. So. You going to order something or you're just going to keep doing that? They ended up uh, busting her. All right, and then one last story. Um, this one's kind of fun. Uh, the icy temperatures in Minneapolis have led to an unusual sight in one neighborhood. Around 100 pairs of disembodied frozen pants. I mean, like, standing straight up. It's pretty wild. Uh, the man behind the artistic display, Tom Grotting, said that it, temperatures need to be down to at least zero degrees Fahrenheit 
for the pants to stay in shape. So they think the people just froze right out of them? And he was in luck this week as the wind chill in Minneapolis on Wednesday went down to negative 55 Fahrenheit, while the air temperature was as low as 29 degrees below Fahrenheit. <laughs> just insane. Uh, Grunning says he first came up with the idea to free the pants during another, another Arctic blast about six years ago. Uh, for the past two years, his neighbors have started putting out their own pants. And most post about their creations on social media using the hashtag frozen pants. It's pretty wild. We're looking at the pictures. Yeah. It looks bizarre. It does. Because lo- it looks like there's an invisible person standing there with just pants on. Isn't that part of the thing, though? Uh, for people, a lot of times, they won't actually wash their jeans. They'll put them in the freezer. We talked about this, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that, like that you, you put them in the that. freezer and, and that'll sort of It'll clean them. quasi-clean them. Somehow or another. Uh, all right. And there you go. That's what I have for you. Uh, in the B-File this morning. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. It's brought to us by New Jersey Transit Police Department, reminding you that we all need to work together to keep our transit system safe. Report suspicious activity to 188-TIPS-NJT or text your report to NJTPD. All right, let's get some stories, shall we, Steve? What's yes. going on this morning? Of course, Justin Bieber is taking a break from music in order to put family first. Said Bieber, like the Bible says, no man is an onion. <laughs> oh! I don't think that's even remotely oh. right, yeah. Nicholas Cage asking the state of Nevada to speed through a license so he can marry his new girlfriend, Erica Koik. Answering the question that it might be rushing into this a bit, Cage affirmed that Erica is the one for him, or at least a one for him. Oh, my God. And finally, a new book on the TV show The View claims Rosie O'Donnell's anger against Elizabeth Hasselbeck was partly rooted in sexual tension. O'Donnell says she never forgave Hasselbeck for making fun of her penis. Oh. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. I wanted to mention this. I, I meant to get to this several days ago, but we never had an opportunity. But apparently now it's made it onto a, a Twitter, and there's been polls and so on and so forth. But an, a listener had emailed me and posed this particular question and uh, was curious how you guys would answer this. When taking a shower, do you wash your legs? While taking a shower. So I saw this start to pop up. You're right. Probably a couple days ago. And about the question. I do. Uh, I don't, uh, you know. Every morning? I shave my legs every morning as well. (laughs) No, no. But I, I basically like a high kick up, you know. Yeah, of course. Why Boom. wouldn't you yeah. wash your legs? And then I do that. I, I, but uh, do you guys? I never wash my legs. Yeah, no, I don't think I've washed leg? my legs since I was a kid. Probably. Really? Yeah. I don't. I, I don't understand. Why not? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think we know how the bed bugs came in here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. My my legs are fine and dandy. I don't have any trouble with them at all. Why don't you wash washes, them though? All the soap washes down. Like hey, that's I under- exactly. It. I understand. I, that. I get down to my like my thighs, and but I'm not gonna. I mean, do you wash the bottoms of your feet too? Yes. In between, in between every, every toe, Jesus. in between every toe, no. I swear, every time. That's not how you do it. You do a handstand. <laughs> I have a brush. I have a brush on the top of the ceiling. Uh, I, I'm not like an every time guy. I, every time I will go down to the knees. Every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
I would say 70% of the time I go down to the ankles and then like... 10, You're always going down. And then 10% of the time I'll get my feet. <laughs> so, no, so, so yeah, so for me it's, it's um, you know, lathered up my legs down to my ankles. I'm standing in water so my feet are pretty much taken care of. And uh, See, that's what I think about my legs. Yeah. Do you have a like a little shelf in your shower? Yeah. Like yeah. a little. Um, yeah. Something like, you could sit on if you want to. What do you think it's there for? To put your leg up no, there so you can wash it, your no, leg. It's to put seventy-five conditioners <laughs> on. <laughs> and one shampoo and bottle. And one shampoo uh-huh. bottle, which yeah. I have to shuffle around to find. <laughs> so this is a little bit of my OCD, but I don't think that I could actually take a shower and and do what you guys are saying, like wash to my knees and then get out. Like I'd think about, I'm going to try this. And right. I, I would go to get out and do not bring myself to do it. I've got to finish the rest of the leg, the feet, the toes. Yeah. Do you wash your hair? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think they should have? And um, they probably do. But Preston, you know, like uh, when you go to a golf course, they have those little things you could step on that will clean your, your golf shoes. Sure. They should have something like that for the shower where you can just, yeah, you don't have to like... On the bottom of your feet? Yeah. That's not a bad yeah. idea. Not a bad idea. There's actually, there used to be, we used to have in, in one of our showers, in one of our iterations of showers, is like a, like a rubber mat with um, little rubbery nubs, bristles that you yeah. kind of do your feet on. And that was... How yeah, you the thing of the golf course, it, it also gets the side of your shoes too. So yep. there's, there's brushes on the side and on the bottom, so... I take my shoes off in the shower. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you supposed to do that? <laughs> oh, here's something that's yeah, easy feet. There you go. There's always an invention. Actually, I'm always late to the game. Steve, in college, you had to wear uh, sandals in the shower. And because I, of I, I, diseases foot, and stuff, right? I, And I learned the hard way my freshman year. I got a terrible, terrible case of athlete's foot from yeah. showering barefoot. And, and I'm like, okay, oh, that's, that's, that's why you do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, it, do you know, so you, you say you, you just kind of let the water go down. Well, I get down to my knees every single time. Um, Are you a scrubber? Will you like I, a, I have a loofah. body? You do really yeah, okay. Yeah, so, or a, I guess it's a poof, right? Dude, a loofah technically is a it's sponge. A yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just bar soap. So, and I also so somebody. I'm very particular about my soap too, but it's expensive, and I like liquid soap. But I got to make sure that it's like paraben free. Wow. I know why. Because like I don't know. I'm like worried about getting cancer through soap. I don't and even know like, what paraben is. Me neither, but yeah. somebody said it to me one time. Like St. Ives doesn't have parabens in it. Most so. products have taken paraben out. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, you know, it's just, I've never done it. Uh, my, my legs are clean. I don't smell bad. I don't have diseases. Well, you're, you're winning you then. Wait, well, what was that? Uh, <laughs> smell bad thing? I don't know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Relax, dirty legs. Relax, dirty legs. Dirty legs. Well, you guys are in the majority because uh, 80% of the voters or the people who who took this particular Twitter poll that I saw do uh, wash their legs every time they go into the shower. All right, how about how how, uh, comprehensive is your buttocks cleaning? Oh, my God, it's like the most clean (laughs) of everything. Do you you have a removable shower handle? Absolutely. I you, don't. you should not live in a house without one. I agree. Because, because there's that. no way you can get the undercarriage. Yes. Uh, it's impossible. And uh yeah, you can. the steps for? I know. You got, what are you, what are you cartwheeling in the shower? How are you sure? No, you're, you get, your hands are soapy and wet, and you rub them in down mm-hmm. in there, and, you can, and then you can do the same thing with water. Yeah. How are you sure you're getting all the soap off, though? Because I know I'm getting all the soap <laughs> off. I don't have soap residue left on my ass. Oh, man. I, well, I, I agree with you on this one. I don't have a removable shower head. Uh, 
Nah, I, I mean, I, I don't either. This yeah. room is divided right I, it now. It really is divided. But you know what I hate is when I am getting the soap and stuff out of the, the crack area. Your butthole. Well, no, I hate it like <laughs> when like somebody walks into the bathroom because I'm like bent over, you know, making sure that the water gets you know what you right could do? in there. And I, I mean, you could <laughs> close the door. Oh, I do close the door. Okay. They just walk in without knocking? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, dude, let me shower. You know how, like, your cats don't give a crap what you're doing? Yeah. Kids you know, are well, the same. Remove two of those legs and make them arms and, yeah. and, uh, and turn them into children, out. and yeah. it's exactly what you get. Yeah. My kids do not care. I, and, you know, I, I like, feel listen, like I'm vulnerable when I'm bent over Nick, with water. Current. With the removable <laughs> shower head thing, too. It feels great on your it's balls. The, <laughs> yes, it, it does feels feel great, on, great your on your balls. It really does. Uh, Honestly, it, it's like a thousand little hookers. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, all right. I've never had a thousand little hookers, but I'll I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> it's That's just right. wonderful. I've never used the removable. Never thinking now on your sack. To. I don't need to. Yeah. All right. I gotta just get water up in there using my hands. All right. Mm. Don't women use that to? Uh, Pleasure themselves with. Yeah. That's usually the... Women, I use it. I have a bidet now. I I never (laughs) leave the toilet. That's right. I'm pleasuring 24-7. In case you have a random question for you uh, with the shower head, but um, when uh, you you and I used to go to the fantasy show bar growing up... Yes. Did you ever see the shower show that they had there? Of course. So what was the shower show? So, uh... That was the place where they the announcer would say, "Bear in the air for you guys out there, topless and bottomless, Texas wild, but Jersey style." You know that that whole yeah, thing, the yeah. whole spiel, which was fantastic when you're an 18 year old kid. <laughs> and they had a show in the back, Steve, that you had to pay a little extra for. Uh, I don't really know how it was legal, but they it was a, a pretty much a full on lesbian show, and they would uh, often incorporate a showerhead. Really? Yeah. Not it, often. It was it was a shower show. It was a shower it was, show. It was it was it was, was cor- it, in, it was in a, Steve, a a faux shower. It was a corner of, the, of this room that was all tiles. Okay. And it was a full on shower. I wonder oh. if you and I were ever there at the same time. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably after a Phillies game or something. Exactly. Um, Dollar the, to get in with a Phillies exactly. ticket. Exactly. Yeah. This um, guy's blocking my view. His head is huge. <laughs> but Steve, they would take the- <laughs> they would take the shower head, and instead of the constant, like, shh, they would make it the, like that one, oh, you know? Yeah, and they, yeah. Would, yes. they would ramp up the performance, uh, and it was it was certainly a show, but there was it, there was a shower show at the Fantasy Show Bar. But the reason that I brought it up was because there was a detachable shower head. <laughs> Nick, I have a vivid memory of the one girl saying to the other girl afterwards, oh, my God, I, I don't know if I can walk after that. <laughs> I was like... I don't know if she's, like, acting or is not, she acting? but, like, that is so And hot. then the girl says, I don't know if I can walk after that. <laughs> when you were 18 or 19, you could go to the Fantasy Show Bar, um, and because they it was BYO. So, uh, wait, was it BYO? No, it was no alcohol. No alcohol, whatsoever, right. So that's why it was 18 plus. B-Y-O-S-H, bring your own shower head. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, wow. So I didn't realize that they would go that elaborate, that it was a uh, tiled yeah. corner with that. It was pretty yeah. crazy. Interesting. Because you remember the scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin with uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks with these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's her. I like that scene, though. Her friend. <laughs> I love when uh, Seth Rogen comes in. <laughs> and, she, and she does. She's so caught up in the whole thing. Yeah. She doesn't realize the guy she was all set to have sex with is now changed to a completely other guy. Yeah. Hang on. Let me go to uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. You guys were on. Thank you, Mike. What's up, buddy? All right. So you guys want to know the perfect way to make sure your butthole's clean? Yes, please. <laughs> all right. After you're done doing what you need to do to clean it, you bend it or you spread your feet. And if you got one of those shower heads that has a streamlined. You aim it up there, and it's like an external enema. 
Like an, an external enema. Okay. An external, external enema? External. External. external sorry. Where, you know, you don't have to stick the hose up there. Sure. <laughs> you don't have to stick the entire shower head. But if you want to. water. <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, I think I got what carried you, away. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, listen, can you remove hoses from a rectum? <laughs> Uh, I had an incident. Uh, no, I agree. I... Horizon service. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The plumbing. Hey, oh, they, they, they could, and they would be there anything. on time. Yeah. 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 We've used them twice. Not for that, That's but we've right. used them for other stuff. Yeah. But he's just using such a powerful jet. Hmm. Listen, I had one that was too powerful. Nick, I'm sure you know. You're, you're, you're in the same <laughs> yeah. club. Cleaned elephants. And uh, it sounds like it, it's, then your, your whole your stuff becomes a speed bag. you, you got to ratchet are, it down a bit. You're going to hurt yourself cleaning so much. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> do you use bar soap? Do you use soft soap? Do you soft use, soap, like, you know, body wash. Do you use conditioner when you shower? No. Okay. No, God, conditioner's a waste of time. And what, you. If you have short hair, do you use product in your hair? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Dapper Dan, man. Uh, you know what? And speaking of bathing, Steve, there was another story that you sent me yesterday. Uh, some people uh, who own pools will use their pool <laughs> as a... a uh, as, yes, it is. Yeah, essentially to uh, clean themselves off. Uh, chlorine, Kathy. Kathy, you'll be surprised. <laughs> lay, lay the stats on... Uh... Uh, well, okay, so according to a new survey presented by the Water Quality and Health Council, 51% of Americans reported using a swimming pool as a communal bathtub, <laughs> using the pool as an alternative to showering or rinsing off after engaging in uh, exercise, yard work, or whatever it may be. Even though 64% of Americans know that pool chemicals don't eliminate the need, eliminate the need to shower, people continue to do it anyway. Uh, it says, when dirt, sweat, personal care products, and other things on our bodies react with chlorine, there is less chlorine available to kill germs. Uh, and rinsing off for just one minute does remove most of the dirt, sweat, or anything else on your body. I think this is for maybe like a public pool where there's a lot of people getting oh, in right, right, right. and using up all the chlorine power. Yes. Because uh, I, listen, if I, in, in the summertime, and our pool is open now, but it's been too cold to, to go swimming, if I exercise... Rather than go up and take a shower, I was going to take a dip, like a little ten-minute swim or so. I mean, yeah. you'd be outside sweating anyway. If you were going to, if you're like, if you're outside, if you you're going to sweat, you yeah. t- you towel yourself off or whatever, and just go into the to the pool. I yeah. see that's fine in the communal situation. I think that's an issue, right? It's just have, saying that the that the chlorine works less because it's being used up for what it's used for to kill all that. Uh, all but you that. don't substitute that for like. A shower, like you wouldn't no, run like, out in the morning and jump in the pool no, and then go to work. No. Will shower. you ever clean your ass in the pool? <laughs> um, it kind of does get. It clean. does, whether you want yeah. to or not. Yeah. Now um, you have salt water. Yes, and, and we're, we are now getting a pool. It's been my wife's dream to always have a pool, and mm-hmm. so we're finally doing that. And we're but going, the, the, the salt, salt water creates a chlorine uh, in a, a sense. Cl- okay, you just not you're not adding the chemical chlorine to it, from what I understand. All right. So yeah, but it's just salt. Um, do you have a shower outside? Nope. Why? I just I'm thinking like that that would be awesome to do that like to to, to take an outside shower well and yeah. then so get like, in the pool and clean your ass like if I was mowing the lawn um, before I got into the pool I would probably rather like just kind of like rinse the grass and stuff right. off and then hop into I the pool. see yeah, I wouldn't yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. in with you know like stuff all over my legs or things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. you know grass clippings but part of the reason and and I never quite understood this of why they ask you to take a shower yeah, yeah. before you go into the pool. The reason being is because 
hair products, sunscreen, things like that that are on your body. Um, they want you to get as much of that off as it as you can because it's going to be used up. The chlorine is going to be used up in cleaning that right. when, when you go into the pool. It and diminishes the potency of that. Exactly. And then... And in the long run, it's going to cost more to keep treating the pool, you know? So that's why they ask you to shower before you go in. That makes sense. Those um, uh, deprivation tanks, did you have to shower before you went? Yeah, 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 they they ask you to shower before you go in. And they said, like, lotions, hair products, and stuff like that can actually, you know, damage the tank. Yeah, they don't want you, um, yeah, they don't want you showering and doing all the treatment before you go into the sensory deprivation tank. No, they they want you to shower off. No, they want you to shower. Right, they they don't want you to, like, put on all products and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't want you to Mm-hmm. Casey, we had an outdoor shower growing up, and uh, we didn't have a pool. I wish that we did, but um, I, you know, I had two younger brothers. We would do yard work all the time, and my dad specifically put it in, uh, kind of for that reason. Like, is it expensive to do that? Because an wondering... outdoor shower, I can't imagine it, it would be. Well, it wasn't uh, prohibitively expensive. You could only run it eight or nine months out of the year. You know, you would have to shut it off in the, in the winter, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, it got it, it was so great that it sort of became the primary shower because once you start having an outdoor shower and taking them it's it's a different experience it's yeah. fantastic can't you just run a hose out of your sink on the second floor? You can <laughs> yeah. just hang it you off can, the side. Yeah. Well, because listen, I have a spigot, obviously, uh, you know, for a hose, but that's just that's just cold water. So in order to run, you need all to get some hot water out there and stuff like that. But I, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I uh, elected to, you know, like I, I cut my own lawn and everything like that. And then when it's all said and done, like I usually, you know. Eight You're times, a mess. Eight, well, I'm a mess. And like eight times out of ten, like when I walk into the house, I will have to walk through the laundry room. And I'll just like disrobe there and throw everything into the washer. It's and so then hot. I know. Oh, I didn't mean to turn you <laughs> off. Without Steve. working hard, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Mowing the lawn. <laughs> Do you unbutton or just tear the shirt open? Yeah. Good. God damn, I was working hard. <laughs> I really have to clean my ass. <laughs> By the way, somebody texted and says, I just turned on the radio in my office and I'm hearing somebody talk about using a shower hose as an enema. What the F did I come in on here? Uh, oh, by the man, way, I really worked hard. <laughs> my butthole's a stinking. By the way, uh, the survey comes as experts from the council, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and, which I didn't know existed, the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance. Oh, that's oh. great. Uh, that's what uh, Darth Vader faces off in the second movie. <laughs> Work to educate the public on uh, healthy and safe swimming. We shall crush the Pool and Alliance. Yes, my name is Mortimer Sanchez, and I'm with the Pool Alliance. And we think you're a bad leader. The survey also revealed. I don't care. The survey also revealed that twenty four percent of Americans would go into a pool within one hour of having diarrhea. Oh, uh, uh, see that? That's now listen. Yeah, so. That's why public pools are are just um, not <sighs> my thing. Yeah, However, spend all day on the toilet. You know what I need to do? I need to take a swim. <laughs> Get some of that residual out. Uh, Honestly, for- again. Preston, toilet bidet, loving it. Uh, 48% reported that they never shower before swimming. Uh, Most people do not know that pool chemistry can be impacted by personal care items such as makeup and deodorant as well. So that's that's part of it. Well, I'm going to be aware of that then because, you know, I'm very hygienic. I like to make sure I have all my proper deodorants and various things on so I smell pleasant. Yeah. So uh, as I use the pool, I'll make sure that I clean the majority (laughs) of that. Yeah. I just like to smell pleasant. Uh, to check the chlorine and pH levels for a personal public pool, the council is offering free pool test kits. 
uh, through its 15th annual Healthy Pools campaign on its website. This is the alliance. This is the <laughs> Pool and Hot Tub Alliance. Did you mention in the story, Preston, a uh, particular uh, sunblocks affecting... I didn't mention this. Okay. Go into the pool now. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Cushing. <laughs> Moff Tarkin. This uh. is the finest pool you'll ever swim in. <laughs> Uh, what were you saying, Nick? Mm. Um, Sunscreens? Yeah. The, no. the reason that I bring it up is that I went um, I went uh, on a snookle. Snorkel. <laughs> Not a scuba. Snookle. Or a snorkel. <laughs> but a snookle. It's the latest craze that's sweeping the beaches of America. Snookling. Get some Beach Boys. Uh, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go outside, hang some hanging tan, yeah. snookling all day long. Yeah. Serpent oh, USA, gosh. please. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, know, I know what the snookle is, if I may suggest. Ladies and gentlemen. USA. Then snookle USA. Like California. Such an idiot. <laughs> All right, anyhow. Snorkeling. Oh, yeah. I went snorkeling, and you, <laughs> you weren't allowed to wear... You weren't allowed to wear the sunblock that you that you brought. You had to use the sunblock that they provided for you, and it's because the um, uh, sunblock that most people wear is pretty damaging to the reef. And I was wondering oh. if that if it would be oh. damaging at all to like a pool filter or uh, to the salt water. These are all good questions. Yeah. yeah, because uh, some of the chemicals are pretty arch and uh, can have that effect. Yeah, and this is, I've been snookling many times in my life, <laughs> uh, but this is the first time ever on a snorkel trip where they, they, I had to do this, and uh, you uh, weren't allowed to wear what you had. What so you they, brought. They provided. They the provided it for you. Do you remember yeah. what it was? What what um, type it was? I don't. It was like an industrial it, battery. It was stuff. called Reef Killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> reef Killer sunblock. Uh, a snookle, by the way, as you're snorkeling, has yes. a second tube that goes up back onto the beach so that someone could lo- load M&Ms into them <laughs> so that you can eat. You're hungry. So th- that's what a snookle right. is? A snookle is a second food tube. Okay. So that you can swim longer. Everybody wins. That's great. They do have snooba. Snooba. Snooba is legit. I've heard of that, yeah. Snooba. Apparently, yeah. Snooka, snookle is uh, legit as well. Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious. If you can swim, you can snookle. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Snookle offers shallow dives. Approximately 10 to 40 feet without cumbersome tanks and no diving certification necessary. That looks like snooba. It does. Uh, so what, they, hose, what right? they do is, well, yeah, they have a um, uh, they have a, a floating tank yeah. that stays above the water, uh, and you just you basically take the regulator down, and it's a long uh, tube, a long hose uh, that you can breathe in. We're getting ready to get recertified or to go into a refresher course uh, hey. for scuba to get set for our vacation. So I'm looking forward to it. But I'll ask about uh, snookle. Yeah, <laughs> and ask him about the sunblock too. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> thank you. We call him Klukey. Is that what you were thinking of? No, you said we need a refresher course. Oh, I'm sorry. So I heard that. Because hey. <laughs> in the second Fletch movie, he mentions Klukies, <laughs> which are the the people who show up for the Ku Klux Klan who aren't regular members. <laughs> Klukies. <laughs> yeah, we call them Klukies. <laughs> the Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.